1: Making the view.
0: Making a view. Six. Six. Five, five. Four. Three. Two. One. You have found your way to episode one hundred and
1: fifty-two ranking review. This is the top 30 horror movies of the 2000s, part 2. My guests this week are Jason Debray and Lee Beckman. I'm your host and run Canadian Larry Parsons. We are going to rank from our 20th to our 11th picks for the best horror movies of the 2000s. And we're going to do a full-length review of both The Mothman Prophecies and Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Beware of spoilers, beware of course languages, and if you would like to get feedback, send your emails to rankandreview at gmail.com. It's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Check out the website at rankandreview.ca. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, let's get on with the show.
0: There sure was adequate closet space. Good. This
2: house is yours if you want it. We'll take it. <laughs>
3: <You> okay. <laughs> oh, it's just me. You didn't
0: see it. You didn't see You can not see
3: it. See what? She knew. She was drawing angels.
0: Somehow, between 1 and 2.30, I traveled 400 miles. I've got no memory. The past few months, people have been coming up to me and reporting strange things. Weird lights, strange phone calls. Hello? Hello turn, car. Who is this? What do you do when someone comes into your office and tells you they saw this in their backyard? My wife saw something. Drew pictures. Just like this. i showed you this. You know what that is? One day, I started hearing voices. The voices became messages. He was right here. All I could see were these two red eyes. I met him. You met him. He said, Do not be afraid. 99 will
1: die. 99 will die. All 99 are
0: believed dead. You're reading right my mind, aren't you? What's in my hand?
1: Not a lot of people still talk about the Mothman prophecies. And uh, I get why it didn't necessarily land and that people weren't lined up around the block about it okay. but as much as it doesn't necessarily maybe pay off with this idea of a monster, a creature or whatever the hell the Mothman is uh-huh. what I kind of dig about the movie is that it's a movie about the mystery itself or about the idea of a mystery mm-hmm. <laughs> itself and the idea of being becoming obsessed with said mystery mm-hmm. and that For whatever reason, this entity, this problem, this supernatural being, the only way to deal with it is by not dealing with it. (laughs) It's one of those things that the best thing you can do is just not pay any attention to it, which is, of course, why people obsess (laughs) over it, right? It's kind of an interesting idea. And I think that the movie, like, it had a real uphill battle, A, in that... Richard Gere can be really good, but a lot of the times he feels kind of flat for me. And Mm -hmm. he's never, he's pretty public about the fact he doesn't have much respect for the horror genre. For him, it's all about the metaphysical Mm -hmm. stuff. And whatever's going on inside his head is much more interesting than the non-expression that usually (laughs) shows up on his face. But... Happily, Mark Pellington is an intensely visual director. Mm -hmm. And he has a really good gift. I remember saying this about The Shining how, like, every scene in The Shining, it feels like someone just left or is about to enter the room. Like, there's a lot of open space. There's just something uncomfortable about every scene. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these cumulative effect movies. There's not a lot of, like, trailer moments, I guess you'd call it, you Mm -hmm. know? It just kind of chips away at you slowly and Mm -hmm. slowly and yes it culminates in a big memorable bridge disaster Mm -hmm. which is based on a true event although it happened in the 60s they modernized it for the story here. Inspired
2: by a true story as opposed to based Mm -hmm. on a true story.
1: But my takeaway is not the bridge sequence although I think it's very well done Mm -hmm. uh, my takeaway is this, this idea of this imponderable frustrating mystery that can only drive you mad the more the deeper you look the more it, 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 it breaks you yeah uh, strong performance from Laura Linney and a really strong performance from Will Patton yeah. and a lot of the supporting cast because that's what you need yeah. I remember thinking about uh, in the Nouveau Godzilla they made they had David Strathairn as this military convoy leader who's, like, calling the shots in Godzilla. You need somebody who can really sell any piece of dialogue Mm -hmm. to play that role, okay? So all of these people that are going to tell us these inexplicable, bizarre stories who seem frankly embarrassed while they're telling the story, they have to be credible. And between Mark Pellington's direction and those Mm -hmm. stories, I got kind of sucked up into the romance of the mystery of the romance of the mystery if that makes sense yeah it didn't make my list it didn't make any one of my lists but much like the other movie we're going to talk about i think that the mothman prophecies was unfairly dismissed and uh this is me shouting it out give it another day in court if you're a connoisseur of horror movies i think that this has something
3: to offer the patient viewer yeah am i wrong you're not wrong. I actually think Mark Pellington is actually a, a very very good director. Not only with the pacing of story, but even just how to shoot a movie. Um, he knows how to use the frame very very well. With you know both with things in background and foreground, and I find a good suspense director will uh, will master that and show that throughout his movie. Even like the sort of like the opening shot where Richard Gere is startled by something and. He moves back, but the phone kind of comes at you a little bit at the other side of the frame. Like those are just well-blocked shots. You can tell you're in the hand of a craftsman, and I love that whole um, <coughs> sequence, if you will. Um, transition cuts uh, where Gary loses his wife, and then it fades to him alone at the Pittsburgh University, and and the color palette of gray that is washed over the film, like. He knows how to use color and sound very quickly and very well to establish a mood. And yes, it's a movie that is hypnotic at at, at how it it, it chips it chips at you. I also think he made the brilliant decision to jettison the whole alien aspect uh of the story. If you know m- much about the Mothman prophet- prophecies it's seen as like a UFO Abduction story, and I think well, that was like smart to get rid of myth,
1: it. it kind of sprongs out into all sorts of different directions. Yeah, yeah, some of the sightings were on a military mm-hmm. base, yeah. and it was near where there was supposedly some experimentation done. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, there's also stories about Mothman being sighted in all over the world, but they're mainly dealing with the at least the basic arc of the '60s sighting, sighting cycle. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like a it's almost like a, a social media event where like yeah. catches fire and mm-hmm. One person sees it and then starts talking about another yeah. one, another yeah. another one. But this was long before the age of social media. Yeah. And that the tragic on the tragedy on the bridge took place, and that put an end to the Mothman prophecies. Yeah. But is that because the Mothman was a real thing, or is that
3: because a real tragedy arrived and they had something to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I can find, I can understand why some people get frustrated with the movie because it like I said it does. Ask more questions than answers. Them oh, and it's walking; it yeah. never runs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think when another thing that it really taps well into is once again it's examining the culture of the culture of fear. What happens when a mysterious force comes upon a community, and how that community reacts to, and how they're terrified? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, in a lot of ways, Will Patton and his wife uh, are the movie. Like Will Patton has had really good performances and mediocre films for it's all his those, career yeah for a long long yeah. time now I, I i think of jonathan hensley's the punisher and what a frustrating movie that is because as a sort of like young young dumb you know action revenge movie some of the acting in it is really really top-notch good uh-huh. and will Patton is one of them i mean that death scene he has with john travolta is really well acted by both of them in that scene, but it's really to do with how good Will Patton is. And here's another great Solid. performances in The Mothman, where you see this character's journey from where he's been. Where you meet him, where he's very much seduced into the culture of Mothman, and and he's he he's broken, and and he goes all the way to the acceptance, and then to where you know he passes on. Yeah. I think his arc is the most intriguing out of all of them in the entire movie. So. Uh, I think Will Patton never gets enough love. But I do like how Pellington decided to approach what happens when this mysterious force comes across this small community and how it affects everyone. And I think that's a terrifying idea. It was explored in Zodiac, and it's also explored in here. And that's why I think it's a really strong, solid (coughs) horror thriller. You've been very quiet, Jason. I've been very quiet,
2: yeah, because I just wanted to say something which... Makes it sound like I don't like this, and I, I do like the movie. But it, you you announced like the ones of <clears throat> the sixth movie that that we were going to do, uh, sending a message, and then I went, oh jeez I need to, you know, I need to find this. So I was having trouble finding it, uh, and then I was about to order it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just watched this like a month or two ago, and I had completely forgotten about it. Oh wow. So that's, that, not that, high that's not high praise, unfortunately. And I was like, "Oh yeah, well, no, I did. I've seen this movie, and why why is it that I was uh, that I, <clears throat> and I I've, <clears throat> I've even kind of forgotten about uh, Will Patton's part in it, and I I, I kind of lean to Laura Linney giving the best performance in the movie, but Will Patton is very good, and uh, I didn't have any notes about him, and and now that it's, it's it's something where it's like jogging my memory and it's like, oh yeah like i mean that whole that whole section is is great it's it's freaky, particularly at the beginning when Richard Gere loses time and you know like what what Gross what is going is on and it's country. like yeah. you keep knocking on my door every night well we've been following him this is he, he's never been to this town before, yeah. and like there's creepy stuff going on, um which is great, one of an early problem I have with it and uh, maybe this is just—I don't know—too too picky a criticism was uh, the Deborah Messing character. She's mm-hmm. pretty much no character at all. She's like this trophy wife he has. She's more. And, and you, then she dies, and she's a plot device. I she's mean, a literary device, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she's a very very good actor that deserved, I think. Well, Something Richard more in there. Richard Hurd
1: disagrees with you. In the interview I saw with him, he was just going on and on how she was like the, the, the launch pad for the movie. Like, her death and what she sees before the death is what starts the ball rolling. And I agree, it's certainly not what it feels like in the movie. It's what a what lot device over like. What it feels like to me, it's not one of those things like we talked about with The Descent, where the movie has to start with a tragedy for the main character, and then they yeah. have the supernatural adventure. For some reason, that's a thing that happens again and again and again. For me, it's about... The hole in his life that is punched by the death of his wife, he fills with the Mothman. Yeah. yeah. The hole in Will Patton's life that is that, empty yeah. because he lost his job yeah. gets filled with, with the, the Mothman. Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- and then you can say that's an interesting psychological component. But and this is this is a creation of the movie, but I mm-hmm. like it. Most of the actual eyewitnesses of the Mothman who like speak words to them or mm-hmm. looked him right in the eye yeah. are most of who are the casualties on the bridge yeah. now. and so like that's where the idea is like he was predicting these people's fate he's presenting himself to them mm-hmm. was like he's this harbinger of death yeah. and any vision of the mothman is basically a shortcut vision to the death yeah. and that if Richard Gere continued down this path it would maybe not on the bridge maybe not that night end up in a death but instead what happens is it ends up with him saving a life yeah. 57 mm-hmm. people were supposed to die in that bridge mm-hmm. collapse mm-hmm. according to Ingrid Cole or the Mothman Cole, yeah. and once he saves Laura Linney from it when they get the count it's 56 mm-hmm. and it's not a fucking coincidence and you can feel mm-hmm. the goose flesh go up on the characters and the yep. first time I saw it it worked for me too oh no and that's
3: where it ends and I think it brilliantly ends
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I just am struggling with wh- why and then, I feel like with these reviews am, am I in a bad mood or something or what what's Well you were watching why am I because this too. is this is a movie that I should love. I mean it has the psychological elements, the creepiness that I talked about with it's my type of horror movie. Why can I not get excited about this film though? It's it it kinda of sits there for me. And I, I think the acting's there and the, the Deborah Messing thing is a really minor criticism. Um I respect the patience of the movie. Yeah. I get, yeah, me I get too. Like, me too. like that
1: audience get bucked off because we don't really get our showy monster moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't really get a which is why I mean that's physical showdown mm-hmm. of any kind. It's yeah. just like it asks a bunch of questions and then it stops asking questions and yeah. it leaves you with it. Yeah. And like I get that's a tough pill for a lot of yeah. people. Mm-hmm. But the you know, they put money in it. They got Richard Gere and Laura Linney and like they cared about this movie, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, you don't see it. A lot of it is they're, they're just too worried about that box office. No, we need something fucking crazy to happen right mm-hmm, away. We need mm-hmm. a reason yeah. for these people to stick around. I
2: mean, there's a few cliches in here. There's the character yeah. who says, don't look at this any further or whatever. And, yeah. and of course, he does. And, uh, but at least it echoes the theme once again. Like I said, you know, we have the false. The, the
1: more you look at it, the more it fucks you up. And he starts to
2: like, look crazy to people when he, he thinks that politician is going to be blown up and wrecking his life. And yeah. Like,
1: yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I mean every every like the longer he stays in Point Pleasant, the only thing that's working for him in Point Pleasant is his relationship with Laura Linney. Yeah. Everything else is just mm-hmm. making things worse and worse. Same thing with the Will Patton character. It just mm. gets worse and worse and worse until he finally it's, it's, it's finished with him it, yeah. and he's done. So but there's no real answers to it and it asks the a lot of its audience. Yeah. I will and, yeah. and
2: I and I like that. I mean I like all the stuff it's just what what am I what am I missing? I I think it's more about me than anything else. Cause probably yeah. No, I don't. I mean, like <laughs> I. I, 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 I once again there's how, a, how could I forget about it it's, once again there's a, it was like it, it, there's I mean it's like ugly... the Mothman got a hold of me or something where I've I've lost time and I've watched this movie you had and an
3: and encounter with the men in black they're, so, they're yeah they're they're the men in black weird. don't want there's me to there's an ugly sense of niacism that, that this nihilism? movie no, niosi, but nihilism no nihilism yeah excuse me nihilism that this movie celebrates because like just so many concepts that it's advertising are pretty dark mm-hmm. and like good does not triumph over evil in this story no. so oh, not way I for that. good
1: to win is for good to walk away yeah and i mm-hmm. think that's a
3: pretty horrifying
1: concept yeah. and the idea that it showed up apparently around chernobyl before the chernobyl accident and yeah. like oh. it just it didn't die it wasn't defeated it just went somewhere else mm-hmm. yeah uh all of that's kind of creepy and and it's not handed handled in a like, I'll, in spite of admit a few cliches, it doesn't feel like it's being handled in a Hollywood way at all. Yeah, like really. I, am, I do not feel spoon fed. The closest you're right that it comes to is I think it's Alan Bates who plays the yes, character yeah, you, yeah, that's right. Uh, who you know steadfastly refuses to cooperate until it was time for him to drop the exposition, and yeah. then he dropped the exposition and vanished from the movie. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, that, and yes, the 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 main character having a tragedy in their life. I don't know what that thing is about, but it is always. A thing. And then they have to make things even worse for this person yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Something terrible happens yeah. to them, and then they get this supernatural adventure. It's but just but there's
2: there's such an an air of creepiness in this in the setup when he goes traveling. and He's in this this town, and uh, I, I like a lot of that stuff. And I I don't know why. As you said, it's well-made, the bridge sequence, and it has to be in there. Like, that's the true story in here. But it... I I, I was not... I, I don't know what they could have done to improve it, but I was just not excited about that as Fair much enough. as... It felt very big, but... Oh, I like
1: that it's an incredible story in the true sense of mm-hmm. the world. Word incredible, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and I like how that's handled both by, like I said, the supporting actors and especially Laura Linney when she's mm-hmm. just shaking her head and oh. she just like. Like, how do I investigate this? Yeah, yeah. I not, cannot fucking no. stand this. This yeah. is yeah. crazy. Yeah, And, like, you sympathize. You yeah. can't arrest mm-hmm. them off, man. But these people are going to call you and say fucked up shit's happening. And, and, uh, and how can you help and them? And what can you do to help them? And, uh, as it turns out, the best thing to do is nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh... It's different, and again, like in, it, it does not seem like another factory stamped out of the no, studio Horror no. movie. No, uh, They were trying something. It was, I was a, a big swing. A lot and of love
3: went into this movie, and I think it's 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 a well made, yes. supernatural. The, the critics asset. were split, and it did not do well yeah. financially.
1: And yeah. I just think it deserves a second day in court. There you go.
2: And I think I was watching it, and then or watching this, and then I. I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose around the same time. And so it's got two Laura Linney mm-hmm. horror movies. And I, it was news to me what you said about her not really She's, yeah, respecting well, the genre that much. Uh, and maybe there's there's more bells and whistles, I guess, in The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And again, uh, another quote, true story. Yeah, another quote, true story. And that one stayed with me. And this one obviously right. slipped my mind. Okay. And Fair okay. yeah. enough.
1: Um, but I know it seemed it's like worth a weird watching, choice like, but
2: I just wanted to no, have the conversation no. yeah. and it's kind of like with frailty for me, you want more people Absolutely. acknowledging it and it is yeah. worth seeing and I, I think people should check it out and form their own opinions and like a lot of the ones we're talking about, I want to like it more than I actually do
1: Top 20. Mr. Beckman, where do we sit? What's your 20th rank?
3: Well, this is also a tie, Okay. uh, and I wanted to give a sort of lovingly shout-out to the found footage uh, genre that really started to expand its wings in this decade, much in thanks to the Blair Witch Project. We've already talked, you've already mentioned that it already made your list, so I want to expand on it a little bit more. Uh, the first of the tie is, I think it's a New Zealand film or is it Australian? Australian, Australian. Lake Mungo. Lake mm-hmm. Mungo really surprised me. It's a film I hadn't even heard about. I think I actually uh, got it from the library at one point. I, I, I think someone had sent, some, either I'd read about something, but I knew very little about it, and I was blown away how just creepily atmospheric this movie was. And it has all the good elements that Blair Witch has where it's just a lot of oral <coughs> storytelling in a lot of ways. Uh, it's, it's really this, the, the younger sister wants to find out the mystery surrounding her older sister's disappearance at Lake Mungo and in this process of this mystery finds out some dark corners of her own family in the process um but this is all it, it's all performance mm-hmm. like here's a horror movie like if you look at this list there's a lot of extreme horror movies on this list yeah. with, their, with their violence and sexuality mm-hmm. and nastiness and lake mungo even though there's a twist that could is a little bit adult per se there is not a lot of profanity there is I don't think there's a lot of violence in this movie. I don't think there's nudity in this movie. Mm. Um, it's just We're told about the events more than yeah, we've been shown yeah, them. Yeah, and it's still so more nudity. psychological. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, like so, uh, for a lot of these films that are bathed in this ugliness, mm. yeah. and and just like uh, Lake Mungo does it naturally. There's humanity. to there, it. There, there's humanity to it, yeah. and it's really uh, two things: the storytelling. And the performances, uh, and in this day and age, where I think we're getting less and less in that the third film, I, I want to championship that, and that's yes. something that's really done well in found footage movies. So to me, Lake Mungo represents the best of, of those of that of those skill sets. And what's it sharing the spot with though? Uh, it's sharing the spot with with Wreck. Wreck um. Wreck was a great <laughs> found found footage zombie type movie where when I first saw it, and I think I actually saw it with you for the first time, where I had my hands to my ears and my hands to my cheeks. Yeah. Uh, originally, it I, I was not on my list. I couldn't believe it, but then I thought, I can't, I can't. No. Wreck is a terrifying, terrifying zombie movie, found footage movie. Nice. Once again, it has those qualities where it has, it has more characters that I like than dislike even the character that we're uh, towards the end was maybe supposed to be like oh you're an idiot you still feel you for feel her you feel bad for what happened. you feel if yeah. you, you feel for her yeah. uh, like, Wreck is awesome um, have Wreck? I haven't no uh, and oh. some of the I think we're up to like
2: good. 10 movies that
1: I need well, to uh, sequels are
3: very, some of the sequels are very good too I think I yeah, I love
1: the Wreck franchise <clears throat> Again, I think, like I said to Jason when he was talking about The Mist, my only problem with that selection is how low it is on your list. Yeah, Wreck is, I think, a fantastic movie. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. <laughs> did you... Yeah.
2: Did, like where did you watch it originally because you said you were just so
3: I think I actually might have watched it at your house yeah maybe the rental it might have been the other house yeah yeah, yeah Yeah, I think so I've so for it to not
1: be in theatres yeah. you know, I've yeah, that, that kind of reaction of is times. amazing it's wreck. experiential horror mm-hmm. yeah. you just dragged through the experience yeah. of these people and you yeah. can't look away yeah. even though Kandy wants you yeah. Yeah. and uh, they did an American remake which was completely unnecessary Yeah, of Quarantine but, oh yes yeah. I've heard of Quarantine uh, uh, yeah. Wreck if you're going to watch one of those two movies, definitely watch Rack. Yep.
3: Yeah. But, but Lake Mungo, man. <laughs> Agreed. Lake I mean already there. I, I mean, I feel like I've made my case on Lake Mungo. Yeah. Jason hasn't seen it, but yeah. I second. I second the emotion.
2: I, I, I get the sense that if I had seen it, it might probably be, be on all three lists. You Just, yeah. <laughs> but I, you you two are... I, I trust your taste and mm-hmm. you're, you're selling me so, on this so 20 Mungo
1: us see number 20
2: this is where you're going to fillet me alive Uh-oh. because this is likely a top 5 for one or both of you okay 28 Days Later directed by Danny Boyle um, okay, hold them. hold him down <laughs> hold them down <laughs> alright this is such an important this is like Shaun of the Dead one of the most important horror movies of, of that decade and I, I've heard you comment that it brought back the zombie yeah sub- subgenre and so, so I, I was fully prepared for it to be maybe top three or somewhere. And I, I rewatched it, and then I actually watched the sequel that we'll be hearing about it too. And I don't know why, but this time around, the sequel worked for me more than the original. Okay. That's and, the and most
1: controversial thing you've said so far. Yeah. I think it is. And <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm
2: going to get ripped apart. For the next little while here, and I, I <laughs> no, and I'm no, fine. No. Um, we'll just go for a walk. We'll Jackson. go for a long walk. I love Twenty Eight Days Later until it was like what I was saying about how the stuff that people are are gunning for with a movie like this is the action sequences. Right. I was fine until we go to the military base and Cillian Murphy turns into the Terminator and well, we and are. it's not that I didn't like it; I enjoyed. Yeah all of that and Danny Boyle such a such a great filmmaker and makes he could make me sitting drinking a cup of tea interesting Um, but I it was just such an original piece and we talked about how awful Vanilla Sky is with Tom Cruise running (laughs) through empty Manhattan there's no image that stays with me more than Cillian Murphy walking through empty London yeah. and mm-hmm. and that works so much better than
1: well look Danny Boyle's is one of my favorite directors yeah. Yeah. and I'm a huge zombie guy so yeah it's going to run yeah, I, way yeah, fucking I know the sequel I think gets unfairly maligned I think the sequel is actually quite strong and right. it's great to watch now because you got like Idris oh. Elba yeah. and fucking Hawkeye and fuck uh, what's her name um is it Rose Byrne? Rose Byrne. Burn. Yeah. Uh, like all of these people who at the time that movie was made were just up in commerce they're now mm-hmm. fucking huge. So that's interesting but uh, yeah. Danny Boyle for revitalizing the horror genre and for that digital approach, yeah, that, that digital shaky camera, which mm-hmm. I understand
2: split people like a lot. If you don't like shaky, it can, cameras, it can be over the top a little bit hurt. too much,
1: but it, but uh,
2: if I liked it. I, I mean, I, I know I'm kind of ruining the <laughs> uh, the order we're in here, but 19 is 28 weeks later, so okay. that's how close they are
1: for right. me yeah.
2: whereas I put 28 Days Later on the list I didn't put 28 Weeks
1: Later on the list although I very much enjoyed both films yes I uh, same with Larry we will
2: be talking about 28 Days Later yeah. again and I, 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 I totally understand it it's yeah. just yeah. me
1: yeah okay. alright uh, you did surprise me uh, here's one uh, rare pick from J.T. JT Petty uh 2008 a horror western called the burrowers yeah i'm gonna give special mention to dead birds from alex turner uh as well it's just uh, a little bit rougher around the edges than the burrowers but both of them i think are very good at being both a western and a horror movie it will tick tick the boxes for both fans um and uh it's ugly. The Wars is definitely Whoa. another one of those bitter little pills. Whoa. But it's a creature feature featuring, like, you haven't seen this kind of monster before. Yeah. It's got a killer performance from Clancy Brown. Yeah. I always love Clancy Brown. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't get the respect that I think it deserves. I think the first time you watch it, it's almost so dark, both literally <laughs> and figuratively, yep. that it, it kind of leaves you feeling not sure about the movie. Yeah, But... I've come back to it and I just I just think it's such a meal of a movie Mm -hmm. and uh, again hard to compare to other things like The Burrowers isn't like if I think of other horror westerns like Bone Tomahawk or Mm -hmm. something like that like that's another great horror western but it's really nothing like The Burrowers this is it's own thing and I, I I give lots of points for a movie that is that I can't compare to anything else yeah, so, The good. Burrowers. Uh, again, you might need a Simpsons episode or something as an antidote after you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I
3: liked it a lot. Um, I have it on my honorable mentions, uh, but it was one of those, I can't believe it's not making my list. Right. I love the monsters in, in the burrowers okay. there. just the idea of them, and I don't want to say it here, is pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the um, tools with which they have to deal with them yeah. seem inadequate. You actually showed me this movie, and thank you for doing that. It, it really did sneak up on me. Um, it does leave you with a dark, bitter taste in your mouth, but at the same time, it's a terrifying movie, and I do think our villains are, are very scary. <laughs> I feel like I should have been in touch
2: with you during that decade because would need be second to, nature. Because now need I'm to borrow half of my collection. I, I think, but <laughs> yeah, I'll be like one carrying movie that you should be, with today.
3: It is the brew.
2: Yeah, because I, I. Yeah, think, I like westerns. I have problems with creature features sometimes, but I really like uh, westerns. Uh, it is a creature feature. It's definitely yeah. a monster movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but it sounds like a very unique one.
3: It did make a list if I was one of those. Uh... <laughs> Number 19. Uh, I think My Love of Werewolves uh, probably made this list. Um, there are two Neil Marshall uh, films uh, that are on I this. I saw this one, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can understand people calling this movie stupid, but I think that it is joy through and through, it is predator with werewolves, and that is Dog Soldiers. This film came out of the gate and showed us, hey, Neil Marshall is awesome, it's silly, it's a silly movie, but Dog, Mar- Dog Soldiers is great, uh, I cannot pound the, pound the pavement with this movie enough. <laughs> I believe it might be the first movie you and I ever reviewed for Rankin Review. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. There you go. has a very special special movie. Um, Parsons, I'm sure there's a couple movies you're like, that's a Peckman pick. (laughs) So, Dog Soldiers is awesome. Uh, We've already talked about it in Rankin Review. I don't want to say anything else. Have you seen Dog Soldiers? I haven't. Get on it. Uh, Same director of The
1: Descent. Yeah. Have you seen The Descent? Yeah. Okay, yes. Fucking good. Yeah, yeah. be like, <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, I did yeah, you're put, about to punch me out here. Like, no, I, not, part not me, punch. Part of me wanted to put Dog Soldiers on the list. Yeah. The Descent we'll be talking about eventually, of course. But I knew that Beckman would have me covered
0: yeah. for Dog Soldiers. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's super macho. It's got yeah. like cheese a little bit of cheese to it but just the right amount to yeah. keep the flavor it doesn't quite yeah. overtake the meal yeah. well, you uh, said predator so, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. The, yeah. that macho attitude that we're invincible there's nothing we can't handle yeah. except for these 8 foot tall fluffy werewolves all of a sudden okay yeah. maybe we can't handle that yeah. so it's, it's, it's fun and it's intense but I think that The Descent kind of upped his game uh, yeah. like this is the movie where you saw oh this guy is gonna. he's got some potential yeah. and yeah. The Descent where he reached that yes. Show, yes. So.
3: I love it's black humorous heart in yeah, dog oh, soldiers, nice. and, and where it didn't have that as much in the descent, where the strength, the descent is. There a wasn't a lot of the descent is a straight laced horror movie oh, yeah. where dog soldiers is like, here's this McDonald's happy meal, sir. Yeah. And I,
2: it was funny the ruins and the descent. I got those titles mixed up. Oh, okay. just during the decade too, okay. even though they're completely different films. Oh okay. and, yeah, yeah, And so nineteen was twenty eight weeks oh, later. Uh, I guess I, I, I love it. the cast. Um, I. I don't know why I. I there's more characters it's like the world that's now happened is more developed uh, I really like Rose Byrne's performance in it and... One of the best opening sequences. Oh! No, oh no, no so cool. Robert Car- Car- Carlyle no is it's such a... you understand it but then you're like what Ugh. a cowardly thing and Ugh. this is gonna kind yeah. of bite this guy in the ass and it does in the right way yeah because oh, oh. I'm thinking like this is oh Danny you know Danny Boyle's connected to this franchise Robert yeah. Carlyle so naturally, he'll be the star of this movie. No, he's not actually the star. Kind but of starts as our main character. You know, he start, but then yeah. no, we, we cannot follow it this guy. He's a, a psycho. On yeah. Us, yeah. and um, um, uh, who am I thinking of here? And uh, Jeremy Renner right. yeah. before. Really, the Hurt Locker or anything, as far as I know, yeah. uh, is in this, and it's, it's really nice role for him. He's he's <laughs> pretty easy me, money, you know.
1: It Reminds me, yeah, you you borrowed the Richard the Third to show to your
2: class. Yes, yeah. I was
1: thinking, oh, how your class is going to take seeing Iron Man have such a grim death. Oh, that was that was, it was good. I, they did not expect that, yeah.
2: and like <laughs> it, it was like the. But even more so than the uh the reveal with secret window right because i know it's coming i'm i'm so excited about this they're they're shocked by the sexuality in the scene so they're kind of like oh, 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 oh and then so like, Oh, <laughs> you know. But to the same yeah. extent, I can see yeah. a modern
1: audience watching this movie and saying, "Hey, Hawkeye's in this," and yeah. then when Hawkeye Man. gets like unceremoniously thrown off the screen, you're yeah. like, it's like, "What? What just <laughs> happened? Yeah, our yeah, our male hurts. protagonist is gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's his the, death hurts. It's like, he's oh, the savior dude. for all people." <laughs> yeah.
2: So no, I get I get why you like it. I a great female lead. I mean, you know, in a in a zombie movie that you know, yeah, yeah.
0: I like it. I, I, I think
2: Rose Byrne is kind of an underrated actor. She yeah, she yeah, shows up yeah, in a lot of yeah. stuff and yeah. still not a lot of people know her, mostly from that Damages show she did with. Well, the I usually
1: take it as a good sign when I see someone interviewed and I go, oh, you're British, huh? Okay, she's <laughs> the Australian. Australian, pardon yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I had that. Reaction. Yeah, I had no
2: idea she when she played an American once and I had, I had no idea. In 19th position,
1: I did say I wanted to represent some of the Asian extreme films from 2008 and Miyazuki Ochaya, I don't know if that's right at all. That's how I'm going to pronounce it, Shudder? Ah. Uh, this is a movie of the Me Too movement, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Again, way ahead of its time. This is a story about a woman who is wronged and who has to take supernatural revenge. It's Thai movie. And the brilliance of the movie is that we don't know that until we watch the movie it's a traditional movie in that like some spooky stuff is happening to this guy and his girlfriend and what's going on and the more we find out what's going on the more the supernatural stuff is scary but it's motivated and by the end of it you're almost on team ghost yeah so, so, uh, it's interesting and it also has some really indelibly strange images in it and, yeah. and the whole idea of they using the photography the main characters a photographer and these images start showing up in, in his film in mm-hmm. his pictures yeah. and that's what oh, he's starting that's... to use t- to figure out what is this what's happening to me and as typical with ghost forms and this is familiar but it's well done here it clearly has something to do with the sins of the past yes uh,
3: if you haven't seen shutter i encourage you to check it out Uh, well, you'll be shocked to know that we will be talking about that again, (laughs) um, everything that Parsons says, I agree with, um, I, yeah, I don't want to, I'll talk about why I liked Shudder so much, I'm happy that it's on your list, I think it's great. Uh, so I agree with you. Nodding my head. you I think we're going to have a special segment next time I'm on to
2: where I talk about all these ones that I should du have Bray
3: had on. Very ketchup on the uh, yeah. well, you see, I,
2: I became so jaded during that decade. Oh yeah, I
3: don't I'd see the American remake, by yeah. the way. There's, What's the American remake? It's called Shutter. Oh well, okay. But yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. sure I don't. I'm talking about the original. Yes.
2: yes. Well, you <laughs> said it's a from, Thai it's film, from right? Thailand, yeah. It's great. I will. I will. I
3: will find it. It's on Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. At number eighteen, I had the thrill, joyride, wrong turn. Oh, okay. Uh, Elijah Dusku's sort of redneck uh, horror thriller. Um, I. It's short and sweet. Some of the sequels are actually quite good for straight huh. to DVD as well. I'd say I highly recommend Takeout out two and three. Um, it is really one of the well-sequenced horror films of that decade. There's a sequence where they're high up in the trees, our, our heroes. Uh, and then our villains figure this out. And A, they start burning the trees, but they also start jumping from tree branch to tree branch. And our heroes have to make the decision of, we got to get out of this tree, so they decide to fall. And it's painful. There is they also <laughs> um, discover way to the bottom. Yeah. They also discover <laughs> the lair of our villains and they but they don't want them to notify our redneck psychopaths that they're in their lair when they themselves show up and so they have to witness the murder of one of their friends while they're hiding. I think that is a terrifying sequence. It's short and sweet, so we don't have time to kinda go, Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there is a sequence in this movie that I think is really well thought of, really well shot, when they're being chased high above the trees. Uh, I think it's pretty brilliant. I mean, yes, you could argue it's a Texas Chainsaw River, uh, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre rip-off, but I like it a whole lot, and that is Wrong Turn. Have you seen Wrong Turn? I haven't. Okay. Uh, for me,
1: it's a guilty pleasure movie. I yeah, didn't mm-hmm. make my list, yeah. but yeah. I always felt like... I, I, big heart for you for playing because I always feel like I'm almost guilty when I say i kind of like wrong, <laughs> you know yeah. it, it's a hill folk movie but it's yeah. a way better made and has a way better cast than it kind of yeah. deserves and maybe yeah. that's
2: why, I mean it, it, it's I, this isn't like a brand new title to me, no, I mean no. I know the whole story but I, was, you know, I have so many of these ones that I think are really important from the decade I need to either review or, or see for the first time and and it again it got mixed in the with, with a lot of films that look similar, yeah. but what you're describing sounds like yeah. something I would like. I mean, and I like the I like when the as we were talking about Tremors. I like some of the sequels. Right. Shockingly enough, I mean, I this is these sequels are probably better than the Tremor sequels, but they're really cheaply made.
3: Is yeah, the problem? They are, yeah, they, they are.
2: they're really cheaply. um
1: The first movie that has the most polish of any of them, okay. yeah. and it also has like Jeremy Sisto. Is one yes, of the, oh there's yeah, there's yeah! mentioned him. Julian Richings is one of the yeah. bad guys. Great Canadian yeah. actor, and like they just—they didn't need to get these people for these parts but they did mm-hmm. yeah. they didn't need to spend that much care into the into the you know the yeah. sequences that they did but they did yeah. uh, in the end the movie is still essentially a crazy hill folk yeah. jumps out and kills it's, your movie it's, but I like it's those not, movies it's not, re- <laughs> not reinventing <laughs> yeah. the wheel
3: it was sort of refreshing to see Jeremy Sisto in a likable character role Yeah, <laughs> so he, he's, he's so, off and off. so used to seeing him play the sort of smug or psychotic uh-huh. mental illness character that to yeah. see him as really this good natured Older brother character, uh, character that you know. Spoilers: when he dies, they're like, "No!" <laughs> Eliza
1: Dushku, who's the main character. Yeah. Uh, she's a good actress. Uh, she's attractive enough, and she's got that really sort of. Smoky vodka cigarette voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah. you know. I've always just kind of liked it. Like the Lauren yeah, mccall ish yeah. type of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's again, I don't want to oversell it because it is. Yeah. A, it's an is what it is movie. Yeah, but it's better yeah. than it has any business being. Well, yeah. that's
3: and that's why it kind of surprised me. Like I saw it in the theater mm-hmm. like, uh, on a cheap Tuesday when May it rest in peace. Yeah, uh, and I walked out kind of going that is a lot better than it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, mean, it, I absolutely love that. And so. like I said, the big stand up to me is the, the chase sequence in the trees. Yeah. yeah. Great. You're up, brother.
2: Okay. I feel like I have a per- two things happening here. I, I have a persecution complex. Okay. Every time I, I mention one, I'm like, oh, is this the one that's this going to drive him nuts? Yeah. And, no, no, no. and I haven't seen a bunch of these movies. Okay. So that's, that's where we're going with this. Uh, here's, here's one of the ones we might be talking about. Uh, 18th is Hannibal, directed by Ridley Scott. Interesting. Um, I, I find um, there's so, it's gory, it is creepy, most of it is faithful to the uh, to the novel. I read the novel first before seeing it, and I wasn't quite sure how they were going to do it. The stuff that I thought was there's no way on earth they're going to do, they actually did. There's other things that I think they should have done that yeah. they did not do. Yeah. So it's not a perfect film. There's some flaws, uh, but it affects me every time I see it. And the performance that affects me the most is Gary Oldman in and mostly <laughs> it's, it's a semi. Like he, the guy's a chameleon. I mean, he is such a chameleon, and I I knew it was him and it was his voice. But it's another one of these ploys where he's not mentioned in the credits, right? And then they they sh- they throw him in like the the Kevin Spacey Seven thing okay. at, at the very end. Uh, he's covered in all the most horrifying makeup, as accurately described in the in the novel, and it's such an unpleasant character to be around for each and every scene. Um, that worked for me, and. The climax is grisly with Ray Liotta. I don't know why that makes me Ray Liotta. Liotta's yeah. brain, and, and he deserves it because he's such a misogynist. But I mean, if anybody deserves it, we can de- debate the morals. But in the universe of watching a movie, he's such a horrible person to Chloe Starling. We almost I fe- don't feel bad for him. You almost don't feel bad from this. Maybe part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Hannibal Lecter is cooking. Leota's brains and he's eating his own in a (laughs) walk and he's eating his own brains. Didn't he actually tell him (laughs) to shut up at one point too? (laughs) Yeah. Shut up and in like, he has his baseball cap on for... To cover. For, to boys. cover. But we've seen... Oh, he's, he's cut a little bit here. And then, like, revealing a great dish, he takes it and Copies opens his skulls and his brain... Uh, it is,
1: for me, the problem with Hannibal is the source material. Yeah. yeah. I think that Ridley Scott directed the shit out of it. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. I, I think, liked it better than Gladiator, which think, was... The year before, I think Julian Moore does a good job considering the betrayal yeah. that is done to the Calista, Clarice Starling character, yeah. and that's how I will characterize it. Like,
2: are you meaning the book? In the book, yeah, in the because book. they of course that's they went I'm in a different direction. Yeah. When yeah. I, I say, and I agree. When I yeah. say the
1: problem is the source material, yeah. that's what I mean. I get why Jodie Foster didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I just made one of like the best female protagonists in horror history. And and no, they, I don't want to piss mm-hmm. all over it. Thanks, yeah. <clears throat> but that was the book. Thomas Harris got it in his head that his meal ticket was Hannibal Lecter. And maybe he was right about that. But I think it, so as we discussed when we talked about Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. the heart and soul of Silence of the Lambs is fucking not Hannibal Lecter. It is Glory Starling. And
2: losing sight of that
1: hurt the movie. Enough. Well Buffalo
2: Bill's a real villain in Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Yeah. Well, yeah, this yeah, one yeah. make it's called Hannibal for a reason. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter is front but and center on this.
1: Hannibal did better as a supporting player than he does front yeah. and center. And yeah. for me I was disappointed enough in the story that was being told that it couldn't make my
2: top. There, there was a lot of style to it. I like the oh, Italian yeah? sequence. Yeah. No, no, no. I like that actor Ridley's who plays <laughs> the uh, yeah. the actor who, uh, who who played the Italian cop, yeah. cop who yeah. gets so corrupted. Yeah. And Gino the fact Carlo that his yeah. And, yeah, and and when because I was like in the book they're not going to cut his bowels. Okay. No, nope, they cut yeah. his bowels and hang him right there, and it's just like yeah. the artwork and to, just to pull it off uh, so effectively so I get what you're saying about the source material and, and are you happy they changed the end I am but uh, but it's still again they, once you've gone that far you might as well but they still hint at there's this attraction between yeah. Lecter and, and Starling which probably does not make a whole I really lot of sense feel like
1: only Thomas Harris wanted that mm-hmm. but in yeah. respect it's and, his world and
2: there's yeah. a really creepy last scene with that mm-hmm. that little that little Asian boy who's on the plane with Lecter compliments yeah, yeah, David Mamet. That uh, you yeah. threw that in. Mamet and Stephen Zaillian did the screenplay. You know, the writer of Schindler's yeah. List. I mean, it's. But again, if the
3: source so many talented material people. is fundamentally flawed, I mean, it's really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. It's really but hard. will
2: you give like Gary Oldman?
3: Well, I like. I, well, once again, um, Ridley Scott and and all the people involved did the best they could. I agree with you that the original source material is the better, is the problem. To me, Hannibal Lecter is far more terrifying caged up than he is running around because even in uh, Red Dragon or Manhunter whatever version you read or see the fact that someone this evil and this smart still manages to cause so many problems just from his cell he's a threat in the cage he's a threat in the cage that to me is what makes Hannibal so terrifying Mm -hmm. so when he's on the loose he's just another He's just another serial killer.
1: Yeah, Um, it's the problem of mystery, too. I find, like, the less we know about them, the more we extrapolate ourselves. Once we're told this is why, and they go further into it in the prequel, Uh, he just gets less and less frightening to me with each movie, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I kind of got the sense, because I I, I could appreciate what Harris was going for, um, where, like, in the book, spoilers for the book... Hannibal and Clarice Starring run off as lovers together. They're on the lam together. They're on the lam yeah, together. So, yes. um, and I thought, that's a bold choice. But, but a wrong
1: you, one. But, but Well, I don't know but, if
2: but, No, but she's treated so badly by the FBI yeah. that she's given... The, the way that it, it... But it felt like a manipulation of her. Like, yeah. she's yeah. under his spell somehow, and that's why yeah. she goes off with him. I that, just, that part I don't like, but I, I do like how much abuse is she taking from the men in the FBI, which is yeah. still... In this, they, they, they
3: have that. If you were going to do that, I think you needed a better A to C. Uh, I kind of got the impression that he had this story, because there was a long period of time before mm-hmm. the public, the, publica- the, the publication of Sansa Lambs to Hannibal. And I kind of got the impression that he had most of the story for the longest of time, but then the book editor says, okay, we need this date. Uh, it, we're, we run out of time. Here we go. And he sped up with the climax. Uh-huh. If you're gonna have Clarice Starling, one of the most uh, provocative—not provocative, entertaining, strong-willed female characters of the last 24th century in pulp fiction, and she leaves with the most diabolical man, you need that that transfer to le- at least be believable. And uh-huh. I didn't believe it in the book. Uh-huh. I didn't believe it in the movie. Well, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They the didn't, they the didn't do it in the movie. But
2: even um, electors. Sacrifice, I guess, yeah. is what they were focusing yeah, on. That right. he was willing to sacrifice. He just yeah. could not bring himself to kill Starling. Now, I don't know if that's consistent because yeah.
3: he he is a sociopath. Yeah, but yeah. I'm he, not he, saying they couldn't have gotten away with that choice. But I didn't buy it. Right. I mean, and I, and they they needed another go through the draft. I think we've done pretty well. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I knew this would be a, a big talking yeah. point. This uh, one.
1: no, it's not on my list. I I, I have respect mm-hmm. for it. I uh-huh. just. I, I really don't like the way they where they took the story yeah, yeah. yeah in me. 18th position a warm Christmas adventure about a bunch of uh, family who gets together with their kids to celebrate Christmas and their kids go fucking crazy yeah it's called The Children yep. it's directed by Tom Shanklin it's from 2008 and it is devastating cool. like I, I think I said when I reviewed the movie for the podcast like I think it's really easy to imagine killing somebody in the heat of the moment to defend your children like I can get my head around that, right? Mm -hmm. But your children attacking you, trying to kill you, Mm -hmm. and being put in a position where you have to kill your child to save yourself, that is some next level fucking horror. Mm -hmm. And setting it at Christmas makes (laughs) this extra (laughs) layer of holy shit. And like, right away, there's a really early in the movie, one of the adults suffers a really grisly injury, and it's clearly intentionally caused by the kids, but... Right away, you're just like, oh man, this is like two or three beats uglier than I expected it mm-hmm. to. Again, like I was talking about with Eden Lake, these British movies oh. somehow managed to press a nerve right away. Yeah, that's it's just good. like, you can see these kids are going to turn on everyone. And as the parents, they don't want to believe it. And
2: I believed that because, like, I wouldn't want to believe it either, right? There's, so. there's something scary about children becoming evil. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's what works for me about um, uh, the uh only film adaption of pet cemetery that should exist right, is, is with 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 gauge and yeah. what happens there I mean, it's just it's that's horrible it, you know i mean he ends up looking like a uh, a much scarier chucky doll or something yeah. at the end like that's that sweet little boy and and that's the actual actor having to do this and but the interesting thing know. for
1: me with the children it's not the creepy kids thing that works for me. I mean if yeah. you're into the creepy kids subgenre yeah. it'll work for you. Yeah. But yeah. it's the psychological damage. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you do manage to fend them off, what's left of you? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're yeah. both parents I'm not. So yeah. I mean that's yeah.
3: probably striking that nerve. So spoiler shocker, we will be talking about the children again <laughs> okay. on this list. Yeah. I don't want to say anything else. I'm nodding my head in approval. <laughs> You, uh, you and it? it's on. the, the show <laughs> <children laughs> yeah. is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. So number seventeen, Mr. Beckman. Number
3: seventeen, we've got some Canadian content. Yes. Yay. Um, I come from a family of words. Words are important. I also love me some zombies. Um, I, I think is it Neil McDonald? Uh, Bruce McDonald. Bruce McDonald. Thank you for correcting me for me. Um, I think this is a film that does not get enough love over mm-hmm. um, uh, over on, on in America. Uh, I love the crap out of this movie, and that is Pontypool, uh, a, a, a zombie virus that started by a trend a radio transition a radio tra- transmission. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, I think it's a pretty novel idea. It's really just a couple people in a room in a lot of ways as a low budget horror film. I guess the bias in me that it's Canadian, and they also sort of made it on the list I love me some Pontypool
0: yeah.
3: uh, you'll be hearing from me okay, again on Pontypool
2: love it. Yeah, absolutely I also, brilliant so
3: you'll excited you'll also be hearing from me
1: about Pontypool uh, just a minor correction uh, uh, having read the book series as well from this yeah. uh, it's actually a zombie virus that the infection is in our language itself yes so it's not that the broadcast is causing the 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 infection per se Mm -hmm. but the concept here is by informing everybody of what's going on by trying to make sense of it and explain it He's basically spreading this thing like yeah. a
2: wildfire. And it's a complicated thing to describe. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: and again, it was one of those things that I, I'd heard that McDonald was going to do the book. And there was talk about him doing more. But McDonald is very, mm. he starts projects and abandons them yeah. with, with great effort. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the idea of it is, is strong. And the fact that it is so Canadian, it is set in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember reading the book thinking, that's going to be a tough sell. If you Google- I, don't know, sorry, yeah. I don't know if they're going to make it work, but their secret weapon was Stephen McHaddy. Yep. Stephen McCaddy made it. Right? Oh, he's yeah. so good. In it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's we'll awesome. talk about it again. But, but solid choice, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: if you Google Pontypool, you'll actually get the town in Ontario. So yeah. there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a real place. What's your seventeen, brother? Oh, it's on to What's me. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, all right, uh, the debate is: is this a horror movie or not? And maybe that's why I don't have it higher. But mm-hmm. I really respect the hell out of Donnie Darko. Um, okay. Yeah, by right. Richard Kelly. I also liked The Box, and I would do a shout out to The Box, which was okay. just destroyed. I mean, people hate hate The Box. Very, very heady stuff that he would get into about time travel. Uh, this uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, this kind of made him a little bit, you know, I, I, think, I think so, so especially in, in indie circles. I think the first release did really... Really bad, but it got saved somehow. And then there's the director's cut version. I've watched both ver- versions. For some reason, I like the not the director's cut a little bit more. It's I hear others. Everybody agrees. With yeah, this. yeah. It's, it's the director's not, cut. Is no, less Ro- like yeah, Roger no. Ebert like the director's cut more. I don't know it no. sounds like Lee likes the director's cut more.
3: Uh, I like the original
2: cut.
1: I agree.
3: Oh, original they, cut. They, okay, yeah.
2: So I like made, the original cut.
1: Yeah. Musical changes. And yeah. some of the stuff was nice to know, but in the end we didn't need to know yeah. it. And yeah, maybe we did not know that until we saw it, but
2: I don't regret seeing both. Yeah. But and and for this I watched the director's cut just so that I would have yeah. both versions in my head. I I you know, Hall's creepy at points, like when he is sleepwalking, he's he in the rabbit. And yeah. that rabbit is, is freaky. I mean, that's a really Scary character, and and we think it's his imaginary friend. But as as oh, yeah. things happen, um, I, I, I like a lot of it. The question I, I kept wrestling with, I just could not uh, not have it on this list. Is it actually horror? There's horrific things happening. I like that it points out the hip, uh, the hypocrisy of suburban nineteen eighties. Uh, that that era made a lot of sense to me. We we had um, Mary Mc uh, McDowell as his is no. his mom reading it, which yeah, is kind yeah. of a nice little Stephen King tie in, tie in there. Yeah. And um, Patrick Swayze's character to me <laughs> yeah. is because he'd but come into schools with these guest speakers promoting these programs, it still happens to this day. And the truth is real that this guy is like hardcore pedophile. And there's. Well, that's the thing, where...
1: <laughs> I think you can say that it becomes a horror movie when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, Because by doing all these things uh, and closing the circle and and that timeline, that pedophile is still free and living in the world. Yes. All of the stuff that he undid, like he prevented this death of this one girl that he loved, but a lot of bad stuff... Still it's still there. Happen. Like People don't know Yeah. about well, this fate guy. is not going to resolve itself mm-hmm. in this really clean way. Yeah. I don't consider it necessarily a horror movie, and yeah. that's why I don't consider it. I didn't put it on the list. Yeah. But I, am I understand Donnie, that. I'm a Donnie Darko defender. Yeah. I, a lot of people kind of like... Sort of the revisionist history of it. They liked it the first time, but the more they thought about it, the more it was pretentious mm-hmm. and set up. Mm-hmm. Stuck up,
2: I get that... Idea of it, but mm-hmm. it's an ambitious, it's, science fiction, it, movie. and yeah. it's it's grown on me, yeah. more and more. I mean, yeah. it, and when they talk about the ideas, and and I like most of the stuff with uh, with the school because right. often in schools, yeah. you know, we've talked about this where it can be a little bit of a caricature of what actually happens. And Donnie Dark was such a smart kid, and he's talking to uh, No Wiley, who's his science teacher, and there's this point where he says. We have to stop this conversation because I could lose my job. Yeah, you don't get that in a lot of movies set in a school. Um, and there's truth to it. There's truth yeah. to it. Uh, and they also keep an eye on the
1: background.
0: Seth yeah. Rogen is one of the yes, he's a uh, uh, bully. <clears throat>
1: Uh, uh, film the Vancouver based, I uh, Hall's sister uh, Maggie Gillen Hall plays his actual, his actual sister, sister yeah. she's got like ten lines in the whole movie but there yeah. she is mm-hmm. uh, it's an interesting movie I wouldn't tell anyone not
3: to watch it but I don't think i counted count it as sci-fi a sci-fi cult is where I would put it yeah. but it like Interesting choice, bold choice. It creeps
2: me out in places, and so no, no, I, like, that's why it's on there. No, no yeah.
3: like like some of the yeah. ideas presented are creepy, and yeah. the image of the rabbit, and and uh, the they design, go to Evil Dead oh, to uh, for the Halloween yeah, no, no, no. movie. Like, I'm, a, I'm not in the my head. I just yeah. I yeah. more sci-fi than horror for me. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, um, for my sorry seventeenth position, I've been leaning a lot on the British horror. I'm mm-hmm. noticing as we're doing this. That's good. Stuff. And I could have put two of this guy's films on there. I only did one. Uh, so I guess maybe honorable mention goes to Creep, starring Frankie Potenta, yeah. Run, Blah, Run. run, run. Yeah. But I'm actually going to give it to Christopher Smith's 2009 film, Triangle. Yeah, it's, I knew it was going to be on there. Yeah. Uh, Melissa George plays a woman who really she has did. a crazy stressed out life. And she needs a vacation. So she goes for a nice little boat ride with some friends of hers and everything goes completely to shit. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it starts with a crazy storm that comes out of nowhere. And then them finding an abandoned boat and every revelation that comes follow that follows from that is I just don't want to give it away. It's one of those movies that the, the less you know about it going in the better, the better uh it's this is maybe closer to the narrative of sci-fi although there mm-hmm. is some grim violence throughout the movie um but again it's another one of those movies that i feel like people missed yeah. so definitely check out triangle and if you like a, a monster movie i mean even though it's it's totally a guy in a suit
3: monster movie that creep movie definitely has some yeah, yeah. i've heard of creep but i
2: had not heard of yeah. Triangle. Yeah. So yeah. worth yeah. Your,
3: worth your time um I didn't put the triangle on my list because I just thought you would so my <laughs> it'll like, be covered Otherwise, I am not in my head it's really really good um, it's it, really really well, good watch watch it. It. <laughs> um, it's really really good it just didn't make my list cuz I sort of thought Parsons was going to do that for him
1: I- I'm sorry for all these movies that you haven't seen I feel
3: like you're not I, really I-, I feel
1: like
2: I've yeah. I failed. You didn't no fail, well, dude. No, it's just different experiences. Yeah. No, I need to contribute. No, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I want to watch all these. That's the thing. I, it's great. Okay. I mean, every time I walk away from these podcasts, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm just, just going to pull movies. myself up and yeah. just watch movies all the time like
3: I did in my childhood. Sixteenth position. Sixteen. We've already talked about it. It is the Thai Thai horror film Shutter. Uh, once again, I saw this overseas and knew nothing about it. Went in and went, wow, uh, it's a mystery uh, where we uh, don't quite see where it's going. I think in the Me Too movement, a lot more people would be like, yeah. Um, it, but it's a creepy, 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 atmospheric. A lot of the movie takes <coughs> place a day too, which is interesting. It's not, you know boo in the dark even though it has its fair share of that it uses a lot of the tricks of photography to provide a lot of chills special shout out goes to the frequent uh, at one point our hero takes a rapid sequence of photos because he thinks that the ghost is in or something is wrong and he takes a whole bunch of photos quickly and then develops them and soon realizes that he is not alone and that the ghost is trying to tell him something uh, that sequence is terrifying in itself. We've already talked about it, so I don't want to spend much time. Shutter. Yeah. Have you ever, like, the old days
2: with a with a, a picture and then just something strange in the background? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's such a creepy feeling. Right. And, and yeah. I, I'm glad. I mean, those types of movies can't come out anymore, I don't think, because of digital photography and people.
3: Also, there's a sequence on the, the highway, highway where the driver's going, and then, and then the ghost shows up going on by. And I went, yikes <laughs> well and I like I don't want to spoil it for you this is, this is like subtle
1: subtle scare but like he's yeah. realizing is like all of these images are pictures he's taken so this thing is around him mm-hmm. and just because he's not taking pictures yeah there's no reason to think it's not around him like it's almost buried all the, the fucking time. time right yeah so like that idea <laughs> that so, like, yeah. there's something there with you all the time you can't see it but you know it's there and yeah. you can go wherever you go it's going to be right there with you It's a paranoia there's a couple I
3: mean, it's... of twists and turns in this movie that when our lead character figures it out mm-hmm. all the other things that he's been talking about make sense and you just go
2: Damn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, check it out. I think you, I yeah, yeah, it you. you two are selling me on this decade that I uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty shutter, much dismissed. So. really good, man. Okay. What's your sixteenth rank, brother? Sixteenth uh, prominent director and films. Zodiac, directed by David Fincher. Yay. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I th- I think I was expecting something different when I saw it in theaters, and rewatching it and rewatching it, it grows and grows on me. And there's some really horrible moments, and the actual crimes and how they're. Enacted, even though you know what's coming, they're just just awful, and it showed kind of the innocence of that time, which was still kind of prominent despite Charlie Manson and all right. that in California. It was still a very open, you know, you uh, good old American. But yeah. that it, it changed, and I, I'm just thinking of the scene uh, with uh, uh, who is the guy. Uh, Brian Cox plays and and no the TV yeah and and show. and when they have him call into the show live and then that voice changes but is um, that and that's you know that's not and there's so many mysteries and false starts and there's there's a scene that bothers me every time even though I I think it's kind of a a false um trail or whatever. Is with that projectionist and Jake Gyllenhaal Fletcher, and it's like yeah the voice of Roger Rabbit yes a fucking terrifying performance and like he he just turns uh, that's actually my handwriting <laughs> yeah. and <they're> like <laughs> get the hell out of this place and this has a basement in Northern California and this is a rare thing you know all there's all this stuff but, uh, such a talented filmmaker and I don't have to sell anybody on David Fincher but. Uh, there's that scene Elias Coteus is you know the the problem was it involved three different counties and three different sheriffs and yeah, they weren't communicating yeah, yeah. with each other but when they're all together interviewing uh, the guy who likely is the Zodiac killer as or at least the film goes with yeah, that the, the, those those, those tight shots that yeah. was cut together oh, no, of the I, reactions I'm, I'm that is so brain. good here's the thing brother, and uh, uh, great cast too if this list
1: was the best movies of mm-hmm. the Notties yeah this movie would be on the list and would be on the list high. Yeah. I have to make this list for horror movies, so I didn't... And you're not Zodiac. sure it's a horror movie? Well... Now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is an unpopular opinion. I think Zodiac is David Fincher's best fucking movie, period. Mm, interesting. A lot of people will say Seven or the Fight Club, and I say, nah. I say Zodiac. Mm. I would argue that it's the greatest procedural movie I've it ever is, seen. It is. so good it in that way. Really yeah. good. Like, and the use of the special effects, difficult hard, complex special effects Mm -hmm. for no other reason than authenticity. Everything. I have so much respect for the movie that I kind of wish that I'd put it on the list, but... I just decided to make a hard line. I'm yeah, doing a list yeah. of horror movies. Yeah. I would understand, like I said, Requiem for a Dream being on this list, but mm-hmm. I didn't put it on the list. It's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. And Zodiac's horrifying. It's also interesting, it's an almost three hour movie and yeah. all the violence is done about forty five minutes into the movie. Really? Yeah. yeah.
2: And and it's psychological after that. Oh no, there's lots yeah, of scares. Yeah, it's it's scares of after, suspense, but, yeah. But as far as visceral violence See, it never feels like a three hour movie no, to no, me. No, I mean it no, just no, flies no, 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 no. It's it's, awesome. It flies yeah. by you want more time. Yeah. I wanted more Robert Downey Jr. playing this alcoholic, I mean, maybe a little bit too close to home, but this (laughs) alcoholic uh, journalist and... I do not disagree with your choice. Just because it's not Mm -hmm. on my list doesn't mean I disagree with your choice.
1: I fucking love that movie. I think it's his best movie. And I'm starting to think it will be his best
0: movie.
3: Yeah, uh... Um, I've got nothing but Love for Zodiac. It's in my honorable mentions. Uh, Like Persons, I kind of took the hard line where... It's more a detective story, procedural, yeah. mm-hmm. procedural, than it is a horror movie, serial killer. Um, not that saying, there are some pretty terrifying sequences, like nail No joke. No joke. Um, <laughs> it, it, I just, I just had to be brutal. Um, <sighs> I, like the two,
2: like couple, I, the couple.
3: I'm not. I mean, my, my heart's head. in my throat in those scenes. I mean, I'm and I've seen a, it. How many times? And I'm I nodding my yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, I, I am almost with Parsons yeah. where it might be Fincher's finest hour. I'm yeah. not quite there yet. Um, still a
2: little bit more 7. Better than Fight Club, uh, I think. Well,
3: yeah. I think it's a stronger movie than 7. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm glad it's on the list. that mm-hmm. like You talked about it. it. It's in my honorable mentions. Right. It's more subtle
1: than 7. So let's talk yeah. about My
3: Sweet 16. <laughs> and uh, the, I, It's not
1: really a tie. I have an honorable mention, but it's about some troubled ladies both of these the, uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, the honorable mention goes to the loved ones from 2009 Ooh. starring Ooh. Sean Byrne it's a really really solid as a rock uh, Australian yeah. uh, thriller horror with this woman this girl kidnaps her dream prom date and brings him home for supper and her dad's all on board for this both of them are just as fucked as a thanksgiving (laughs) turkey like they are they are crazy and this poor son of a
0: bitch
1: (laughs) is tied to a chair and, and put through an ordeal <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, literally
3: it's, does not deserve to be there too. Like he's kind of he's a, just a dude.
1: He, he, he's he's just not he, like he's a nice dude.
3: Like, just, like he's, okay. a, he's not.
1: So that was my honorable mention. But the it's one not I really Oda. <laughs> the one I'm actually putting in 16th place is from Lucky McGee, 2002 May. Okay. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this character study. And when we were talking about horror movies as tragedies. Angela Batiste just gives this utterly heartbreaking I performance know. of this lonely woman who's been mistreated by every, like, authority figure in her life, and all she wants is to be loved. All she wants mm. is to be loved. To the point if she has to fucking make... A lover she will build one frankenstein uh-huh. style yeah. right uh and and that's not what the movie's about. It's kind of more about where the movies goes, But the whole thing is about Angela Batisse and this character, how she just breaks your heart yeah. and you just keep watching her make worse and worse decisions, yeah, and all she wants is to be happy. Right. All, all she, she wants, wants is to be yeah. loved, and it's heartbreaking. It's clearly made for two dollars, yeah. like mm-hmm. it is a lo fi Low budget, mm-hmm. super indie movie, yeah. and I goddamn love it.
2: Yeah, yeah I've heard it. you talk about with affection, and and I didn't get to it. And I, you know, I remember.
3: Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I can echo I once again. May I? There was a couple reasons why I didn't put it on the list. One, because I kind of thought you were. So thank you. <laughs> um, I was on the terror table a while ago, and we talked about best female performances. In horror films and how they've been missed and this is definitely one of them James she is amazing as the lead um, I, I, I kind of took it more as tragedy I mean yes there are horrific things it is so sympathetic to it's lead Protagonists, <laughs> protagonists, come anti.
1: She does some bad shit. Yeah, she does some bad That's shit. anti-hero like, wouldn't be a good term. No, for her. But no. But your no. heart goes out to her. If it's not necessarily that you're sympathizing with her choices, mm-hmm. yeah. but you're just like,
3: you, oh, oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> like you're so on her side for the first half of the movie <laughs> that when she starts making these tragic turns you just like you just you you put your hand to your face and it slides down your (laughs) cheek but it's so good yeah her performance is so good (coughs) um
1: it lacks polish I guess I'd have to be honest and prepare people that it looks and feels like a low budget movie because it is Yeah, but if you can get over that I think it's a pretty same thing yeah and
3: it's once again one of those Jeremy Sisto performances uh, where like he's kind of sympathetic for a portion of it like at one point his true colors are kind of revealed but you
1: understand someone being
3: creeped out by May yeah
1: (laughs) you you totally get how she's attractive on some level but some of the shit that comes out of her mouth
3: (laughs) is just like like, oh uh, dear let's leave now so once again I acknowledge May didn't make my list but a special shout out to the female actress but name again? Angela Batiste. Angela Batiste or Bettis. B E T T I S. She's very, very good, and I'm sorry to say that she hasn't quite had the leap that I thought she would. Oh,
1: I got all excited when she was going to do this TV version of Carrie. I was like, yeah. May is going to oh, yeah. play Carrie? Uh, oh, and then yeah. I watched it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> but given, I didn't watch that. Given, I didn't given the right it's material real, she's
3: she's like because I saw gone, the rage and I think <laughs> that was enough. So for. I, I let you some rage, didn't it? What's realize? your fifteenth rank, brother? My fifteenth. We have also talked about this movie and Parsons. I got to say, thank you for showing to, this to me it's the children. <laughs> um, I, I think being a parent, I, well, it's still terrifying, whether you're a parent or not. But the whole concept that this being that you unconditionally love. Turns on you and you don't understand why, and you have to make this choice. It's either them or me. It's like, so terrifying. Spoilers: one of the mothers just relents. Yeah, mm-hmm. like
1: she just says, "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah."
3: And like it's incredible. I feel yeah. like I do that. I mean, yeah. There's a tobogganing scene as well that, like, you see coming a mile away, but you're still like, oh, "No, no." I also love the teenager yeah. because we don't quite establish the rules of this universe. Is she okay? Is she o-
1: She seems okay. Yeah, <laughs> But is
3: she? Yeah. yeah. She's old <laughs> enough where she's just getting out of the children phase, but still kind of a, ch- like she's still a child. So one of the storylines to this movie is, is she going to turn or isn't she? Yeah.
1: Um, the other thing is like how easily you could be seduced by, well, seduced is the wrong word, but yeah. but, but tricked by these kids. Yeah. If, if like Maya walked up and said, grabbed me by the hand and said, come here, I want to show you something. Yeah. I'm hurt right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's leading me to my death. Then I'm up to yeah. my death, right? Yeah, but so you don't suspect that. You do, you're not seeing my uh, comments. The yeah. Smile on your face. Yeah, the, yeah. the children
3: is a terror, terrifying movie. I agree. Putting it at Christmas is great. Yeah. Um, just it, it's a it's so solid from its concept <laughs> alone. The execution is great. It's yeah. the toboggan scene that officially sells me on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Check out the children,
3: Jason. Yeah, the okay.
1: scary. What's your
3: fifteenth
2: rank? 15th rank this is where the orphanage is oh good yeah. i watched it again
0: Yay. last I night felt bad yeah i
2: not putting it on my list i, I watched it again last night and because it, it had been a few years this was another one i i showed uh, to students in a media studies class or something right. some years ago and um and they would they would jump there were things that are, are really freaky about it but uh especially with um this this older woman with these coke bottle glasses who Claims to be a social worker and is creeping around this orphanage. But the whole idea is there's a, um, this woman has, has bought this orphanage and she used to be an orphan in it with a lot of, um, of children with special needs.
1: She's trying to pay back and she's she's trying to pay pay back and she's trying
2: to open it up and she's adopted a a child who's HIV positive and he doesn't know that, uh, like the tough discussion comes up that, uh, that uh, that he's adopted plus he he is sick and he doesn't know that he's sick, but these imaginary friends have told him this. And more than that, that
1: he's gonna be dead he, soon. You're gonna be yeah. dead soon yeah. because you
2: can you can talk to us yeah. and it as as the layers of the onion get peeled over it, uh, that's more, and more and more se- sick sequence there oh, Yeah, high yeah. oh, yeah. oh, sequence. Oh, oh,
3: oh, oh like and it, but
2: it's also so heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. It is so dark towards the end. I I think maybe the only notch against it and but this is like my cold Slate. heart, I guess, is is there's a really sentimental moment uh, and I don't necessarily want to ruin it for people. Know you know what I'm talking about. about. I, I, it was a big music Hollywood moment even though it's a Spanish language film. I think of
3: needed it at that point though cuz yeah. that movie's such a here's your testicles I'm going to uh, kick Yeah, that's I true. I
1: have such respect for that director, Jane mm-hmm. Rivera. He did that Impossible movie that everyone fucking ignored in spite of it being goddamn amazing. Mm -hmm. And I get that everybody had problems with that second Jurassic World movie because it had a lot of problems... But those are not easy movies to make, no. yeah. and like I, I will, uh, I will keep an eye on this director. Yeah, Guillermo
2: yeah, yeah. del Toro believed him so much he put his name on on oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah and, no, no, no. like
3: the dude's talent. Yeah.
1: yeah, every movie he's made has been interesting, and, yeah.
2: and they've almost all done poorer than they should have. Like yeah. his
1: most successful movie is this new Jurassic World movie, and mm-hmm. it's easily the worst thing yeah, he's, he's ever, ever done. done. Yeah. yeah, so unfortunate. But yeah, uh, thank you for putting on your list. Yeah, I, 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 I really it
2: love fun. it. I, I. I not envision a list. This is one I actually saw in the decade. I, right. I wasn't chasing after it. Um, I, I was, I'm not sure who told me about it originally or if I found it, it on my like, own, but it, it was so it's good. good, man. I let the
1: others elbow it out, but I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, once again, I'm not in my head. It's in my honorable mentions, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, my 15 point we have talked about as well. It's from Bruce McDonald, 2008, Pontypool, mm-hmm. Canadian Deep made, pool. Canadian proud. Uh, since we've spent the time on Pontypool, I will just take a minute on my honorable mention from Vincenzo Natali in 2009, Splice. Weird. I just rewatched it for the podcast and I was reminded of just how fucking crazy mm-hmm. that movie
2: is. Yeah. It's like almost only could have been made in Canada for how crazy it is. Now, so Here's uh, where I'm stuck because. What? I, I sometimes look in and it says two thousand nine, and it says the release date was two thousand and ten, and so I I okay. took it off of the list thinking it's for the next decade.
1: I went by the IMDb credit. The IMDb says two thousand
2: nine, but then I looked at the Canadian release date was June of two thousand ten. Well, I think so it, was,
3: it played in festivals before,
2: and that's maybe why it was two thousand nine. So, well, if it was, ten- so you might be able to put it on the next list. There I think go. there's yeah, 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 yeah. there's a chance.
1: It is super weird. Yeah, like, I it's... get people being off-put. The first time I watched that movie, there's a, a potentially audience-losing-sex scene mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. Dren and Adrian Brody, which I was just like, what is happening to my movie that I was liking so much? Like, yeah. But I, I have to give it bucco points for just how out there it yeah. is. Yeah. And it almost feels like uh, uh, a, a stepping stone that got Guillermo towards the shape of water. There's a lot okay. of similar, like, it's Shape of Water's not as crazy as this by a significant uh-huh. degree, but there's a lot of similar themes in it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Splice, check it out, but
3: uh, Pontypool takes 15th place. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've already talked about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Well, once again, I, I gotta be able to pound my Canadian chest. And, <laughs> and any horror movie that wants to reference largely, the, and I'm going to boldly say it, the greatest horror movie ever made in The Thing. This movie is aping it, but it's also Canadian, and that is Splinter. Splinter is... And it's a low-budget horror movie, I didn't too. know that was Canadian. It's Canadian. It was filmed just outside Vancouver. Basically, this couple uh, stops at this gas station, and all of a sudden, this weird creature that tends to, much like the creature from The Thing, replicates. And they, they are trapped inside this gas station, along with, I think at some point, the gas station is trying to get robbed. Um, I'm impressed because it is a low-budget horror movie with the amount of special effects in it. But they're trapped inside with this, and we never find out quite what this being is. If I have my memory, seriously. it's a, like,
1: and it's not the thing in that it like looks like the person that yeah. it's taking. So like, mm-hmm. it just repurposes your body yeah. to do its business. Yeah, it so you've got these a,
3: weird corpse like yeah. things flopping about. Um, I was impressed not only with what they could get away with budget-wise, but just the fact that once again, my heart was pounding for a good portion of it. And then I realized, Canadian, well, mm-hmm. hey, eh? So on there, we have Splinter. I like it a lot. I'm on my to-watch this. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Sher Wingdom. Sounds like yeah. I love it, though. Shia Wingdom think. is coming up in the world. Uh, yeah. He plays sort of the guy who starts off as a bad guy, but once the monster shit shows up, yeah. turns out to be a handy guy to have around. Yeah. Uh, and that's my only real problem with the movie is like the character types are mm-hmm. absolutely like cut. Ca- yeah, are, it is yeah, a yeah. genre movie, and it and it has those stereotypes. It's like they had enough to deal with making this monster movie look good on a low budget, mm-hmm. and they yeah. were focusing on the creature and the, and the concept, yeah. and the characters might have taken second shrift. Yeah, I agree. It's not on my list. But I do
3: really like it. Yeah, I do really like uh, it. I, I but like I said, if you're gonna ape the thing, you've kind of got a special place in my heart, well, anyways. Yeah. So, uh, but you have to like actually bring it. Yeah, and yeah. I, and, I, and I'm prejudiced enough. It's like, like say, saying I'm making a shark movie to yeah,
0: yeah. To, yeah. To, to to measure, and to, which prejudi- lots of people try to do. Good luck. Like. And I'm prejudiced
3: enough that you know it's Canadians. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Mister Debray. All
2: right, uh, number number fourteen here. Uh, this movie actually scares me and i'm surprised it scared me again and i told the story on the 90s show about so my right. first experience seeing it. it is found footage and it's kind of considered to be the found footage movie of that decade paranormal activity i don't care as much for the sequels i still watch them just yeah. to watch them but my first time seeing it i was alone in a house i was renting i watched it at eleven o'clock at night uh, after the movie, was, I watched it on, it was Blu-ray, and I watched it, and as I was attempting to go to sleep, I did not sleep that night, I saw things moving, <laughs> just like in the movie. So it has its problems, for sure. And I think time has not has made me second second-guess it a little bit. At one point, I thought it would be higher on my list, but then I... I was going through some movies that I think are just ultimately better acted and have better stories. Well, but I, I just have to go with, like, the the emotional, like, it actually scared me the first time I saw it. And it, it kind of gave me the shivers this this recent time, rewatching it for this.
1: The pass or fail on Paranormal Activity, if you can get past the found footage, as I always mm-hmm. say. Because yeah. if you decide you haven't liked it before you watched it, you'll probably win. Is Mika, yeah, the character of Mika, mm-hmm. leaves on the side that the character of Mika is not credible, and it kind of takes away from the scares. I've met that guy. I yeah. know this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like. I get people being frustrated and saying, "Well, why are you doing that?" But I mean, a, I, I a the guys movie needs to keep moving forward. Yeah, and and, and B. I am not of the mindset that Mika is unbelievable. He's frustrating, and he makes mm-hmm. a lot of stupid decisions, but yeah. part of the horror of that movie is that I do believe Mika. Mm-hmm. I do believe that guy making that bad a decision in that scenario. And usually in horror movies, it's like, I've heard a noise, and we know there's a deranged serial killer, but I'm still going to light a match and creep down into the mm-hmm. basement and see what's going on. No, yeah. no, it's not it's- like that. It's It's like... He wants to solve this problem, and the longer he's not solving mm-hmm. the problem, the more he becomes obsessed. Yeah. It's that male
2: impulse to, uh, logical and to solve the problem, and the three of us live in the province of Saskatchewan and we know lots of guys like, like that. that. So yeah. oh, it's,
3: it's, Well, I want to interject here: is it's not that I don't find Mika unbelievable, I, I think I've also met people like Mika, it's that he became so unlikable for me that when I started cheering for the demon. To me, that was the problem, <laughs> right? Like, and I never cheered for the demon. I wasn't. I didn't have that experience. Yeah. either. Oh, no. so but like, that
1: would be the tipping point. That yeah. would be the two. So point. I understand if you so, got to that point. Then so
3: when I was on Team Demon with a T-shirt going "Go Demon, Go," that's when I decided to go. Uh, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about paranormal activity again. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I thought probably I'd be alone from, in that one. Probably so. not from Beckman. No, um, probably not, no. Look, I understand its place uh, in the in the Horror Uh I had it an honorable mention. I actually like some of the sequels, um, but I was like I said, I I, I I couldn't by the end of that movie. I couldn't stand Mika. That and and, and a lot of um, found footage has the same problem where it has this character. One of the main characters becomes so unlikable that when you start cheering for whatever the entity or whatever monster it is for that person to get their comeuppance because they're playing it so straight, mm-hmm. um, th- th- it takes away a bit, a little bit for me. Yeah. And Paranormal Activity is a shiny example of that. I get it. He's mansplained on a whole bunch of things. and And it's a very believable thing. It's just, like I said, if I'm cheering for the demon at one point, you got a problem with me. Mm -hmm. I saw that one coming. It it ranks higher than you're going to like it.
1: I'm afraid Uh, that here it is. Uh, In 14th place, I have my second tie and uh, in true Larry fashion, it's tied to a director. Mr. Sam Raimi started and ended the decade with two fantastic horror movies. Everyone's pretty much agreed on Drag Me to Hell, it seems. Anybody who's seen it seems to think it's a really fun, goofy, over-the-top horror movie as only Sam Raimi could bring us. I'm in trouble. But the gift yeah, from two thousand with Kate Blanchett <laughs> yeah. and like uh, uh, just a, a murderer's row of great character actors. Yeah, probably my favorite performance. Ever from Giovanna Ribisi, mm-hmm. and well, a completely solid supporting performance from Keanu Reeves yeah, yeah. in a time frame where his acting was super fucking shaky. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, like, that's an
1: understatement. Uh, it, yeah, so the, uh, they're sharing this position. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm biased because of how much I love me some Sam
3: Raimi. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about Kate Blanchett, man? Kate Blanchett. She anchors that in film, that movie. And, she's the heart yeah.
1: of that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not an over the top crazy like the way no. Drag Me to the, the Hell is just like this mm-hmm. enthusiastic tantrum of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this very composed, very well-written story, co-written by Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Based on his grandmother, who he claims was an actual psychic. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. it and didn't want to be. It's fantastic. And between those two movies, it just shows the game of Sam Raimi for me like mm-hmm. they're both horror movies that totally is different. all they have in common and yeah. i think they're both awesome personally so here they sit. one
2: both. of the two you're gonna hear from me well i guess you'll hear from me on both but um, one of the two you'll hear from me again. this is
3: the first time where i went oh i missed one. Oh yeah um, i love the gift yeah. um yeah i've got nothing to say but loving things about the gift i'm going oh maybe i should have thought of that one <laughs> Um, it's great. It, I nothing great. Look, we will talk about driving to hell later. <laughs> right, Obviously, so. I don't want to spend in my more time.
1: Yeah. And you want you want to reserve your 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 words on this till the review then. Huh? Yes. Okay. Fair enough.
0: Mr. Jax, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position? It's between Stu and yourself. Stu ribbon, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, OK? Will you help me? Please.
2: OK. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've
1: already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call.
3: Another extension is
0: out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything, but now I Mrs. have. I Mrs. Mrs. before Gannis, you, I beg you. Up. Please let go. Please let go. Security! You Sh-
1: shit. So I sure do love me some Sam Raimi. So, I mean, I guess I can cop to bringing that to this. I am a fanboy, particularly of his Evil Dead universe, which Mm -hmm. this feels very much a part of. But I've always found Drag Me to Hell just to be a delirious and fun romp of a horror movie. And I just would like to know... What the hell your problem is? Wow, dude! <laughs> I, I,
2: I, okay, to tell you how much I was excited about this movie. Without watching it, I went and I bought the Blu-ray back when Blu-rays were a new thing and it was insanely expensive. Oh no! I put it in that night and I watched it, and I it's unfair to the movie, I guess. And that's why I, I watched it again for this. Um, is that I was expecting Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two type of a film. And it has moments where the action sequences are like that, but other bits are supposed to be quasi realistic. Alison Lohman, God bless her. I I I don't know what happened to her. She did like the white oleander and then this
0: really is not like Bruce I Campbell. Like she is but not like Bruce it. Campbell. Yeah.
2: And I I could not get behind 'Cause I thought, okay, he's he's not he's not doing that type of a movie. But then we have these big sequences with this this gypsy who keeps reappearing uh long after she's dead. I don't know that she's terrifying. She's more of a cartoon to me. I mean, it's well that's, that's you know. The premise. Right? Yeah. So is it is it a is it a comedy or is it a serious horror movie? Uh you've already you, you've said that uh Lee that you think it's scarier than Evil Dead Two? Uh, yeah, I'll make um, I, I had trouble reconciling what he was trying to do with this movie, and I, I, I well, and I the I, the second viewing of it was maybe not under the best circumstances with watching it. Well, I was getting while I was sick on a road trip from British Columbia, but I, I was watching it again. I was like, surely I was wrong the first time. I'm willing to say I was wrong about the first time. But I don't love it i and i I hate to use your catchphrase, but for me it's fine right it it is not it's not something i I'm excited about I, I i really don't sorry i really did not care about any of these characters uh, at any point I didn't want to spend any time with them uh the justin long guy he, there's not like, there's nothing to that character he's just this the is like justin long double feature by the way <laughs> yeah really yeah. and, and I am I'm impressed with so again. some how how could you not be impressed with uh, the sound effects and the, the sensory experience and uh, the fight in you the up. car? Let me back you that, that, up. Sorry, we Can, need to uh, talk
3: the plot because yeah, we, let's we do we plot first. We okay, but the plot. before we do this, I just want to respond. Okay, so I just I, I just want to I want to get this straight because there's there's just mm-hmm. one fucking thing that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that is every single fucking word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, there were more uh, than one thing, uh, uh, so, so. and I'm and I'm stealing from the limey here. Yeah, um, I just I just couldn't disagree with you more. Why you didn't like this movie? But yeah. let's unpack this. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. the, it, it's it's almost a remake of Thinner, <laughs> the Richard Bachman <laughs> Stephen King. It's novel. a Faustian tale. Uh, don't mess yeah. with the gypsy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, this our main character is forced. ...to deny a loan extension to mm-hmm. this gypsy forced woman. Forced but not forced, yeah. What? It's the right decision. Uh, she has had their, this, this thing extended yeah. and extended. Yeah. But she also has to prove that she's able to say no to a client... ...to prove to her boss that she's worthy of this. Yeah. Anyway, There's- she says no to this woman. It's the wrong woman to say no to. Yes. She has an absolutely hilarious and brutal fight with this woman... ...in the parking lot yep. behind her work. Yep. And then she is cursed and much sort of like the ring we talked about she's put yeah. on this clock mm-hmm. she's got to solve this problem before the demon fully manifests into reality yeah. and literally drags her ass to hell, hell yeah and, and uh, it's
3: the trip to the end that is really unnerving like i said this before the lamia is a terrifying villain it is a t- like, what really? the, what the lamia uh, does this is where her? this
1: is where i'm going to part company
3: with you a little bit but yeah. yes go ahead yeah like what what the Lamia puts her through, uh, even sort of the comedic stuff, like, it's just awful. It Like, it, it forces her to kill her own pet. It throws her against the wall. It, it, it scares her, you know, by using shadows. All of it. This All is of
1: a, it we've seen in the Evil Dead universe. This yeah. is why I believe it's yeah. directly connected to it. Yeah. I disagree with you. I mean, I think that, Evil Dead is... Evil Dead 2 is much more funny than it is scary anyway. Yeah. But I think that it's... It's, it's still more in the horror genre than this. Yeah. This movie to me is Sam Raimi embracing... Himself at the most excessive. Yeah. It's much closer to Army of Darkness, Sam yes. Raimi, than it is yeah. to Evil Dead Two, Sam Raimi. That was yeah. like, uh, she doesn't just get a little bit of a nosebleed. Yeah, her nose squirts a fucking oh, yeah. yeah. fountain of blood across yeah. the room into yeah. her boss's face. Yeah, it becomes theater of the com- uncomfortable and yeah. its physical body humor a lot. Yeah, she. V- Gets bugs vomited into her mouth. Yeah, yeah. She gets, like, a formaldehyde, like, embalming fluid mm-hmm. poured into her throat out of, of the corpse yeah. of another person. Yeah, the it's mouth of the lady. Like over it's, the top doesn't yeah. say it. Like, yeah. that, that fight in the parking lot when her arm disappears down the mouth of this yeah. old lady. Like, yeah. uh-huh. Or she's gumming her face with yeah. her yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's hilariously, ridiculously so over the top that... Yeah. I find it hard to take seriously enough to be
3: frightened by
1: it. Like, really, really at all. Yeah. But I yeah. do think, I in the jumped. same way, jumps, yeah, but, like, that's a different no, but, thing. No,
3: but I was terrified Something. of the Lamia. Yeah. Oh, like, and
1: that's where I part company with you. Like, okay. were you
3: just terrified of the thing that chases
1: Ash through Evil Dead? Uh,
3: not like Cause, this. Yeah, that's, that. No, I'm at about
1: the same place with the Lamia. Okay. I, like, I understand it's service to the plot, and I understand what it does, and yes, Boo. He can deliver the boot, and he yes. does deliver the boot. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's funny, we're supposed to be fighting with with Debray, and we're fighting with each other. But, yeah, but- uh, to me, it is Sam Raimi at his most gloriously we- over-the-top excessive. And he hadn't done this for a long time. There was the period where he wanted to be more seriously... Toned, uh, that's taken where the tone gift, maker. and yeah. uh, simple, simple plan, plan yeah. Yeah, that man. baseball movie, yeah, uh, love of the game, or whatever yeah, yeah, the fuck yeah. it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I uh, like all those movies, but, but they're, forward, oh, no, no, no they're, they're, yep. they're fine, but they're not these stylistically yeah. aggressive movies. And this is him going back to rolling up his sleeves yeah. and insane. having a fucking ball. I thought he and, held back, and really, really, he can stay with me. Please tell me where he held back,
3: like, aha. Like, I just... There were places where I just didn't think he couldn't oh. go. Like, to, I, I will hands down say this. This is probably the one movie that's rated PG-13 that has no business. Like, like I because guess, they didn't say I, I guess, like, some of the gore what? is, like, was w- sheltered or they changed the color. But, like, the gag reflex on this movie is impressive. Even the unrated version where she stabs the kitty to death, it's just like, damn!
0: The one I watched recently, no
1: Sorry, you were saying.
2: Um, uh, I believe. Like, what would
1: What would you say? Where 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 were you? This say is too you?
2: clean looking. I mean, it, it, the Evil Dead movies came from like of an independent spirit. This is too much in the studio system. Uh, I I really think they could have gone full hard R with this. I mean, we're talking about a a demon that's going to take I'm this woman to in hell. <laughs> what I a mean, hard drag me
3: to hell would be.
2: Yeah, I. I didn't find anything scary about this. Oh. I found it like kind of gross in, in some places, but oh I, it's like I would much, I, w- I would note. I would rather watch any any Evil Dead uh, movie like or the worst scene in Evil Dead nine hundred times over than watch this one again. I mean, I really do not like this movie, but I softened on it. I don't think it's an awful awful movie. But I don't think it's anything special. I mean, I, I think it has is having a little bit of a resurgence right now. Um, that you know, it, this is one that we should have paid more attention to when it first came out. I, I just don't get it. I, I wish. I, and I went in with the spirit where I want to like this. I want to be my initial thing to be wrong. That I prejudged it, and I was, I was wanting an Ash movie. <clears throat> Uh, and I, I really did not get that. The séance scene is ridiculous. It was like I tricks from. A, I love it, the séance. Do you? Scene. It looked like it was tricks from like a, a haunted mansion thing at Disneyland or something. A then. Carnival right. Yeah. The, the thing that would have worked for me. The goat. is if the, we the found out that all, the all these people were scamming her like if if it was all an act and and they were they were scamming her, I would have been on board with that, but this is all very, very sincere what's happening but um,
1: ridiculous sincerely ridiculous, yeah, and this is this goes back to like crime wave era Sam Raimi, where he would just like stylistically over the top yeah. and a story that's stylistically all over the place crazy. <laughs> Like there is this weird, almost your enthusiasm, uncomfortableness. Like with her getting humiliated and embarrassed in mm-hmm. uh-huh. all of these these strange situations, yeah. and like I say, the physical grossness that she's subjected to. Yeah. And I just have this image of like Sam Raimi laughing, like uh-huh. he can't believe that he's getting paid to do it. Now you can. Choose- she's a good sport about it. Oh yeah. She's- oh,
3: she earns. Her paycheck. Whatever she got paid See, was not, not, enough. not <laughs> enough. Like, I have nothing but amazing things to say of Alison Lohman in this movie. Justin Long, I even really, really love. Really? But, oh, but, it's like, Alison Lohman, where did you go? I, I, guess, I guess, you know, she married the, one of the directors of uh, that Jason Statham movie, ah, Crank, uh, who also made a Ghostwriter movie, and she's got kids. I... I miss you, Alison Loman. You earned your paycheck with this movie.
2: Here's a line that probably means it's PG thirteen, is instead of
3: R. And I don't think
2: I, I think you know it's unfair to compare her to Bruce Campbell. I, I, I get that I'm being very biased here, but this is one where Bruce Campbell could have made this line work, and she does not. Get your filthy pig knuckle off my desk. And she would have these lines where she would she would call the corpse a bitch or something. And it was this big. Dramatic thing, with, and there's a thunderstorm, and they're in a grave, and it felt so, so false to me. It right, felt like she was trying hard, I loved and then, it. and she's this kind of this doormat sweet character and then all of a sudden she's saying these lines which fell out of character
1: she's if she's ash she's evil dead one ash as far as i'm concerned she's like not overly macho and bravado and maybe those lines feel uncomfortable coming out of her mouth because she's otherwise such a meek person she's driven to the edge of crazy but i didn't mean,
2: buy the transition i mean if if she turns into like initially uh ripley is not Ripley. She right. becomes Ripley, and I, I believe that evolution into the badass Ripley that right. she becomes, or uh, Linda Hamilton in the Terminator movies. But I did not believe her. For, for me, a little, this isn't her
1: blooming to her strength. This is, for me, anyway, this is one guy's opinion, but mm-hmm. her being slowly driven mad by the situation that she's in. Really? Uh, so the, the, these outbursts, which are so uncharacteristic of her, are more about her reaching the end of her tether than her being a macho badass a la Ash, mm. for instance. I didn't but, get that uh, take uh, either on it. I, for me, she's she is a... a By Sam Raimi standards in this ridiculous universe, a, quote, normal person Mm -hmm. who gets caught up in the insanity of the evil dead universe. Yeah. Right? Uh, And so she is rapidly just driven mad by it, as I think any person would be. Yeah. But... Where I'll steadfastly just disagree is that I love the overtop of the topness of like the yep. the seance sequence. Yep. And the very opening of the movie. This is a movie that opens with a little kid getting yep. taken to hell. Yeah. So it tells you right away what it is and that like there's no subterfuge here. It's yep. not all gonna be in her head. It's not someone playing a trick on her, right? Like this yeah. is Demons are going to come, drag her ass to
3: hell. Yeah. That's the promise of the movie, and it's the <laughs> promise it delivers on. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, there's no false advertising with this movie.
1: Am I saying it's as good as Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness? I'm not. Yes. But I'm saying like uh, it was such a great meal for me, having not seen anything like this from Raimi since that time. It was for me, just delicious. Yeah. I gave, you could he could you could accuse him of, A, repeating himself, or be just doing a movie that was easy. It yeah. would be like Fincher doing another serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could, and yeah. I'm sure he could make a good one, but what would be the... P- <laughs> too, yeah. Right? Yeah. and he I totally... can see that argument but I feel like if you want to have fun with this movie you should be able to have fun with this movie he you know?
3: says that it was the best studio experience for him because they left him alone yeah. like what he wanted to put up on the screen all in all its entirety in all its entirety, all in, in all its entirety uh, is what he wanted in Drag Me to Hell and you can feel every single frame of love Like this is a movie that he deeply cared about and, and apparently it was an amazing experience for him and you can see it you can see the joy just jumping off the screen Um, it feels
1: alive for me in a way
3: like his Oz movie
1: just didn't yeah like I feel like he's having fun with it it's not a job this is him like having fun yeah and it was, a small, it was a small budget because of it. I'm sympathetic to the viewer that would say, that movie's fucking crazy. Because yeah. you know what? It is. <laughs>
2: really, it I, really... I, I think I want it crazier. I mean, and it's unfair, I guess. I have to judge the movie for for what it is. I'm just mad about it. I, I really... <laughs> I, you I, I,
1: want it to be better than it is.
2: Right? For a movie
3: like this, for me to have a reaction that's this indifferent, I mean, it's just... Tells me it's. I love the music so much too. The, that that gypsy fiddle they play both in the beginning and in it's, and it and it just jumps in and out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that sequence when it, the, the Lamia has attacked her and then, but this is sort of the first time that we're seeing the whole scope of the creature when like that shadow just moves across the room and you can see it just kind of at, at different angles like it's such a that's a, such a terrifying mm-hmm. moment this movie is a beauty of sound and fury like mm-hmm. that's another thing i know i already mentioned it but Raimi does sound so well and the, a, sh- a shiny example is drag me to hell just with the, even with the creature sounds the you know, the sounds of the body mm-hmm. slamming against the wall you know, the, the juice spraying, all of it, uh, it, it. There's something that really builds tension instead of the music. I'll
2: agree with you. And yeah. the, I mean, the earbud headphones I
3: had in while I was watching it
2: really captured how great the sound design in, yeah. is in this. But if the best thing that I'm saying about it is the sound design, i <laughs> I don't know, I love that first
1: fight in the parking lot It's just oh, insane. Yeah. to me that's And insane. another nod that's to Evil Dead. The, all stops, dead pulled potential, out. yeah. Like the staple in the eye, the teeth coming out of her mouth, like yeah. they just, had a lot of stuff with the false teeth. The, the level yeah, of you know, she
3: goes through the windshield of the vehicle and gets back up, like
1: it, the level of ick in that scene right away is like, oh man, and yeah. we're we're just getting warmed Warped up, <laughs> up. Yeah. Like, And if it's not your kind of movie, it sort of reminds me in a way of like Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Yeah, like Which I, I like a lot more. But no, but I, I like that movie a lot. But I understand someone saying yeah. that's not, too for much. Not, it's not for me. Not for me. Yeah, I get it. I get it if someone has that reaction, and yeah. I would get that if they had it with this. But that, but that, that was a,
2: that was an R. Yeah, there was a hard R of that movie. Right? Which one? Dead Alive. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rated. yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it was, Yeah, it's as R-rated as it could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but genuinely, I had fun with it because I wanted to, and yeah. because it was directly in my wheelhouse. It, yeah. it did. It did pay off. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and disappointed that it didn't pay off for you. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm disappointed
2: because I, I, want to have. you the, the experience paint. That I, I'm in. The, I, I'm in yeah. the minority on this one. I wish I had had the experience mm-hmm. that you two. Obviously, have had with this, yeah. and it isn't just a one-viewing thing. Yeah. If oh, no. It was more than. Uh, if It was only once I saw it, like okay, maybe it was the bad day or something like yeah. that. But now it's more than once that I've seen this, and I'm I'm kind of stuck in a more indifferent place. That happens. Yeah, I keep on every every
1: five years or so. I keep watching Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. so that every, I can agree with everybody else about how great that. Which I love be. that it film, is, but, but it, it just it doesn't, doesn't work, work for yeah. me. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Good enough. Lucky Thirteen.
3: So at number thirteen, remakes started to become a thing in, in this uh, time, mm-hmm. and we've got a, we've got three remakes for me on this list. This is the first of them. Uh, also, it remade one of the greatest zombie movies ever made, and that is Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a strong suspicion this is not the last time it's going to be mentioned.
2: I'm going to mention it. <laughs> um, it was a runner-up for me, and it was. With regret, I mean, I I, I love it.
3: Thing. It's so yeah. good. It is so good. Uh, it it does a lot of things right. I, I I don't know what else to tell you. We've we've reviewed Dawn of the Dead on on ranking review. Mm. I don't want to spend more time because so we need to get the ball rolling. I
1: also have this on my list, and it feels weird to have a Zack Snyder movie on the list. Because <laughs> honestly, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's this good movie. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean. Man of Steel's almost there, but See, not I, enough. I would put Watchmen. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Watch—I think Donald does better than Watchmen. But you're right. I, I'll make. I will. I will get over some of the problems I have with Watchmen. I've had some yeah. guts, yeah. like remaking this.
2: And I mean, how could you possibly? The
1: smartest thing they did, James Gunn wrote the screenplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The smartest thing they did was like. Uh, just try to make it a fun zombie movie and use the setting. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try and do the social aspect that Romero is, A, you're going to bog down this this fun zombie adventure, and mm-hmm. B, you're never going to do it as well as Romero. It's lose-lose. Yeah. So uh, his approach and James Gunn's approach was dead on. I had such fun with yeah. that movie. So yeah. Yeah. I have no argument with that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Th- Mr. Dubré, number
2: 13? Uh... Okay, talk about fun movies, and this is the one that I knew had to be on here, and I actually thought I having it thirteen would be, uh, but it's it's higher than uh, than either of you have. Shaun of the Dead, right? Uh, such an important film. Uh, one of my favorite parts is Bill Nighy. I just love, I just love him in any movie, and when he shows up, it's like, oh, okay, that's uh, you know the cherry on top of the Sunday. Relax a little yeah, bit. I, can I can relax. Okay, it, yeah, this, this is, is gonna be. It wasn't,
3: the Oh, he's in it. Great. It wasn't
2: enough of him but it was enough to keep me really really happy um i liked the idea of the every man suddenly becomes the hero and uh
1: it is one of the most rewatchable movies you can have. And pay attention to the background players. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people you see in the background in the early scenes we'll see again as zombies later on. Yeah. That that little errand yeah. he does to the grocery store and back yeah. pays off beautifully yes. when he goes back next It's one of those things like, uh, it's sort of like The Big Lebowski. I watched The Big Lebowski mm-hmm. for my birthday every year. Yeah. And like on the 15th or 16th year, I noticed this thing that was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, In 13th position, I'm putting another Asian extreme horror movie. I know you guys already know
0: this. Uh,
1: uh, A Tale of Two Sisters.
0: Yay! Mm -hmm. Here's one
1: of those movies that just greatly overperformed for me. Lee sent it to me when he was teaching overseas. And uh, in a lot of the, you know, uh, Troubled Child Returning Home... Wicked stepmother, big house. A lot of the stuff seems like familiar. And you've seen it before, but I guarantee, goddamn, tea you, yeah. you have not seen this movie before. <laughs> no, there is no. some indelibly horrifying sequences. I remember seeing the sequence where this woman's having a vision, or girl's having a vision of this hag woman ghost creature floating just above the floor of her room. And as an adult person, I was watching it, and I just felt so terrified. I was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: uh, It shouldn't work as well as it does. You can just tell. The director is Kim Ji-Woon, and it's from 2003. And you you just know this guy knows what he's doing oh, yeah, yeah. everything is very deliberate and there's a lot of stuff like the movie just leaves you stuff to sit on like a really crazy inexplicable thing will happen and then the movie just moves on unacknowledged and uh, sometimes that would bother me but I was just so riveted by what was going to be around the next corner that I, 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 I mean, had big love
2: their first
3: take you talked about the kitchen scene there with, right uh, yeah the ghost in the cupboard yeah, okay. yeah. oh no um, like like the only reason why this movie didn't didn't make my list because I thought at least one of you was going to talk about it and I have no excuse for this film not to be on this (laughs) list it is great yes um there is a sequence involving a kitchen and a ghost hiding somewhere that even now thinking about it gives me chills I think it's a great selection a tale of two sisters is awesome I at at the time had a secret crush crush on one of uh, the sisters as well so it's like oh she's so cute yeah um the twist I didn't see coming, and when it's revealed... Devastating. Of, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the things that we've seen in the past kind of make sense as well. Another one of our not-so-happy movies. No. No. And they
1: did make a remake called The
3: Uninvited and
1: I encourage yeah, I, everybody uh, to don't not invite you to see that Yeah, no. do yeah. not do not do not watch it's that it's likely
3: we're talking about the audience in a lot of ways
1: but please watch A Tale of Two Sisters if you get your hands to it it's another one that's not super easy to put your hands yeah. to But uh, so.
3: yeah I wanted to rewatch it for
2: this so I'd be a little bit more clear in my argument and I couldn't I'm I
1: sure
3: couldn't enough. find
2: it you know. hmm. yeah but no feel good
1: feel good yeah. stuff
3: I, uh, I feel happy
1: Uh, Mr. Beckman, what is your 12th rank? We're getting close. 12th ranked movie. It's
3: coming. Well, I've got to start this with telling the story about how the first time I watched this... Actually, Larry Parsons sent me this copy because it hadn't come to Korea yet, which which I was currently stationed at. And so I was sitting watching this movie in what's called a a, a computer bong, a computer room, where you go, there's like a, a plethora of computers, you pay for your time there. I'm sitting down, I'm watching the movie... And about halfway through, there's a terrifying sequence in the middle of the night, a, a thunderstorm. And our two heroes can't see what's really going on, at least underneath them. And a whole bunch of sharks are coming to get them. And then I turned around at that point and soon realized that the rest of the people in the... Uh, computer bug had been watching the movie behind my back and they were all sitting there with their drinks going oh you'll be seeing, oh oh bali ah, they were all freaking out from what they have been seeing as well so i have open water at number 12 it is the epitome. it is a shiny example of a shiny example of great gorilla filmmaking where they uh, they just sort of shoot by the, f- the seat of their pants and they are li- literally in it. Like, they are in it with live animals. They are in it in their environment. There's no, you know, fake stunt work a lot of ways. Even the making of this movie is is interesting t- to watch. I'm surprised that uh, they haven't... Like, the filmmakers have made another movie with... Silent House. Silent House with one of the Olsen sisters. Um, it's... They've never matched Open Water. It's, mm. It is just that good. And that terrifying. The fact that I left the computer room literally shaking, but also the people behind me? <laughs>
1: oh, it's such a horrifyingly believable scenario. Based There's loosely this, on the like, true story. innocent mistake is made on the boat as far as the count of the uh-huh. people going in the water. And that innocent mistake is... Fucking devastating for these two heroes. And that's the that's it. I mean, the truth of the story is is that people got mispounded off the boat. Yeah. They have to extrapolate what happened to them. Nothing good, but like yeah. several days adrift at the open ocean. In a lot of yeah. ways, this is the depiction of my worst nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be talking about open water again. I,
2: I have two regrets in my life. Well, probably more than that, but <laughs> in this context, one is I didn't see it in the 2000s And the other one is I could not, for the life of me, get a hold of a copy of this to see it for this podcast. So it remains in a question mark, but I I want, because we talked about Deep Blue Sea, yeah. and I just wasn't on board, even though I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. but I, have a I want personal, to see a great yeah. shark film. I want to feel that fear this, this fear that you have of sharks. I, it's
1: a real thing. It's a trigger for me. I'm just scared of sharks, like yeah, in yeah. the real world. There's, there's, this kid just
2: got attacked by a shark in, the other day in Florida. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So yeah, good attitude about Solid it. Solid choice, Mr. Beck. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it.
2: Twelfth uh, position, Mr. DeB. This is where the others. Uh, okay. Yeah, and part of me feels like, oh, maybe the orphanage should be ahead of the others because it's the less Hollywood of the two. Um, but to to create a a great ghost story when there've been so many ghost stories to me is a real achievement, and the whole the production design the cinematography the direction Kidman's performance which you already said yeah. you think it's one of her best that was a year Moulin Rouge came out and most of the attention for her came to Moulin Rouge where she was you know she was important to Moulin Rouge but she, she is the other the others here. is so important uh, like without her performance it may Doesn't not work. have worked and uh, the plot twist I figured it out like you were talking about some of The Secret Window and some of these other ones I figured it out without being told ahead of time but I still enjoyed the ride getting to that that place
1: I went to see Shawshank Redemption in the theaters having read the novella yeah. So I knew yeah. everything that was going to happen in the mm-hmm. movie, even though they did make some changes. But the movie was good enough that it felt revelatory mm-hmm. as I saw it. Yeah. And I think that's a similar vibe here. Mm-hmm. I think if you've seen a lot of haunted house movies, yeah, you're, you're, you're probably going to figure out yeah. where this is going.
2: But the journey is worth it. And I wasn't thinking about The Sixth Sense yeah. with this movie, but I, some people might have been, so... Do you have anything else to say about the others? Are we interrupting you?
0: Sorry. No, 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 no.
3: I, I, I wanted you to be quiet. I know that's a rarity for Beckman, but... Like, I, I, I thought, thought you were was, angry or something. No, no, it, no, no. Just no.
1: dialing through his phone angrily while we talk about the fucking others.
3: All right, you know what? I was seriously plotting ways to poison you, all right? Okay, so, like, there you go.
1: Um, all right. Well, then I'll go on to mine. And again, we just talked about it from two thousand three. Chris Kentis, Open Water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what more I can say about it. Like, uh, yeah. It, it, it the, the feeling of vulnerability that they get, and uh, some of the industry standard horror movie tricks that they use. There's a scene early in the movie, like a lot of times in these horror movies, the couple's not getting along very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The situation that they're in sort of forces them to realign. Yeah. But um, there's a kind of shocking sequence of. The, he wants to have sex but they're, they're not connecting uh-huh. but there's a lot of nudity in the sequence and you're just like you, you don't feel like it's needed but uh-huh. it's one of these psychological things where if really early in the morning in the movie they show you something that you're not expecting that seems like a little bit rule breaking yeah. it gives you this feeling like well what else are they going to show anything's going to do right yeah. it just it just kind of makes uh-huh. you kind of get ready and it's so smart because by the nature of their production they couldn't have the budget to show you the teeth and tissue of these shark attacks everything had to be implied and everything had to be character but you spend that movie living in fear Mm -hmm. of this inevitable thing that's gonna happen well
2: i know you recently reviewed seven psychopaths yeah and you have this scene with these two guys who can anchor a film and they're actually killed in the first scene and, yeah. and you're like oh, okay anything can happen in this movie yeah. that's what it sounds like yeah. there's
3: something terrifying about shark attacks where it, it comes from underneath yeah. so it's the whole looking in the water and seeing this thing come underneath you that's really horrifying for me and open water exploits that to many terrifying ends. I saw this with Zane Jansen and yeah. my, my wife. Well, at the time she was my wife. And uh, mm-hmm. when
1: we came out of the theater, it was super hot. It was like 30 degrees. Yeah. And I had goose flesh.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Just, no, like,
2: like, like I, I was like traumatized. No <laughs> like, like you're both watching it. It's not like the like late at night paranormal no, activity I, experience I had. This is I it should not be scaring you in either of these is,
3: I saw it during the day a Sunday afternoon and I walked out of the computer room sweating. Yeah. Going, What did I just see? <laughs> Bravo open water. Yes. We're on eleventh position, brother. Okay, so uh, once again I thought I'd have a little Korean flavor. I also love me a good old-fashioned monster movie. And this movie, once again, almost no one is safe. That was something that maybe that caught me by surprise. So I have Bong Joon-ho's. I think I'm saying that correctly. Hopefully, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I have The Host. Right. The Host good is an gr- amazing monster movie. Mm-hmm. I've actually been on the same path where they've shot that movie, along the Han River... I've eaten actually the sort of snail-like creature that it mutates. I've had it for like a snack. Um, The host (laughs) is great. I I have nothing but love. At one point, they were getting close to shooting a seagull because it was a
0: huge
3: hit. I remember. Both in South Korea and overseas. Um, And I've I've seen the VX, VH, the special effects we were going to use and nothing has come of it. Hmm. Um, The host is Great. Uh, I think if you love monster movies especially you need to see this movie now I don't and I I love the movie and it was a runner up
2: for me and it was on this list for months yeah Yeah. and, and some other things knocked it out uh, I like it a lot too
1: yeah uh, the special effects especially for the time really strong I like mm-hmm. the design of the creature yeah. uh, it does have this weird tone inconsistency that a lot of these movies mm-hmm. seem to have the humor's it, a it's little kind of off once yeah that more. was my problem I guess Yeah, it dips into absurdity a few mm-hmm. times but then snaps back into being a fun monster movie Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little bit distracting in that way okay. anyway I felt guilty not putting the host on the list I do like it a lot but I do, there was just other things <laughs> I would have to take something off the list to put the host on it. Yeah, yeah I mean, me too. That was yeah. that was the thing. So I, I'm not going to fight you on it. I, if you're a fan of monster movies, uh, like most people should be, Debray, <laughs> uh, definitely it's a safe bet. If
2: it's a great, if if it's effective, then like like uh, adolescent comedies are a hard sell for me. But, but when they are done, not- done super bad, or when they're like when they're executed well, then I will love them forever because I I know how difficult it is to win me over with that and yeah. the Correction host is like that it is
3: Jun Hong
1: Bong okay is the director um right and it tells you it was Kim Ji-Woon yes sorry mm-hmm. I, I plead ignorance on that so snippity uh, snippity snippity. yeah
3: he did apparently like Okja and right. oh yes that's right yeah. um the little uh, spoilers there's a death in this movie that I didn't see coming uh and when it happened I was gutted right Yes. Um, and Think of that especially about. you spend so much mode. time with this character. Uh-huh. And usually the rules is, you know, this person will survive. So when it happens, it's like, oh, oh, oh dear. Yeah. So, yeah, the host is awesome. Solid choice, better. Eleven. Eleven,
2: I'm afraid. Uh-oh. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Tim Burton, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I, this is actually before, before it was Edward. Edward was my favorite collaboration between the two and Sweeney Todd just the challenge of putting that thing to screen Uh, just on the musical level it is it is impossible and the fact that Depp is so 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 good and he goes full on as I said I like full-on horrific villainous uh, Johnny Depp he has reasons to be the mass murderer that he is in this Alan Rickman is terrific in it. It's actually one of his... I'm not sure how many years later he died, but it's one of his like right. third act in his career roles that I think didn't get enough attention just because Depp's character was, was so big. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter is so, so good. She sometimes is kind of plays best performance, period. It could be. It maybe. Could, yeah. Uh, I... I love it. I've watched it several times. Uh, It does not leave you with a good feeling at all. It's another because I in other uh, depth burden joints, you're going to have some sentimental Edward Scissorhands type of moment there. Where like, oh, okay, it was a little bit gothic, a little bit dark, but it. Let's all give. Let's give him a hug. You know, you don't want to give this guy a hug at the end and. The fact that a, a child at the end basically gets transformed into this demon in in some ways is is just uh, leaves but, you in a very un, unsettling place. so I, 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 the whole thing worked for me. It's it's one of my favorite movies of uh, of that that decade.
1: Uh, look, as far as the late stage Tim Burton movies go... like. It is really good. And, like, it's gotten to the point where the combination of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp fucking mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything to me yeah. anymore. Yeah. Once upon a time, that would be super exciting. Now yeah. I'm, like, big fucking deal. right? I feel like this yeah. was
2: the last one where it was, because the Dark Shadows came after that, which I didn't completely hate, but it's not very It's like not great. strong. No. It's not strong.
1: Like, especially considering the talent involved. But, like, I, I like Demon, Barber's, uh, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Street. Yeah, I like it just fine, but I couldn't honestly yeah. find a place for it on yeah. the list i am a tim burton apologist i want him to be mm-hmm. like the, the director that we once believed him he, mm-hmm. to be right. i even found a place for for sleepy hollow
2: in our 90s one so that's right I, which I'm i didn't a, get on board with as much as uh,
1: i'm a tim burton apologist and then almost to the point where i'm a little bit red-faced about it in the days of dumbo but like <laughs> the, that's just how i feel um, um it's 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 an interesting pick I, I'm not going to say shame on you, but it wasn't ever yeah. going to be on my list. No, I, I didn't
3: expect that. On a completely side note, and th- this is like later Tim Burton, I think a, a scarier film is the one he made recently, is The School for Peculiar Children. Right, Miss um, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. movie itself, and that's kind of advertised as a kid's movie, but way more horror movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was generally creeped out by it. Right.
2: Um, I, I think he's a Scorsese who's lost his De Niro in some ways and right now he's trying to figure out what is he doing am i going to do movies like big eyes or am i going to do yeah, yeah but that i, talking, or I like
3: miss peregrine's school for peculiar children I, I really really liked it and i was just surprised at the level of creepiness to that movie like i find it i found it actually creepier than <laughs> And Steve he followed. should lean into that this yeah, whole let's go for it
1: i can't get excited about you doing you know the Alice in Wonderland I can't get excited yeah. but oh, he's about got this example.
2: contract with Disney or something he yeah. must be getting yeah. mega bucks but
1: remember when you were like this cutting edge edgy cool yeah. dark filmmaker people didn't he, know
2: what to, how to take him he, he could
1: yeah. not have sold out more completely but I yeah. still want him to be the Tim Burton that I believed mm-hmm. him to be yeah yeah uh I got one more to list and then we can stop But yeah. <laughs> when we record this we're gonna have to get those kids <laughs> <laughs> In 11th place, we've already talked about it, although we have an honorable mention. Again, Lee was talking about remakes, okay? Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead was way better than it had any fucking business behind I agree. Yeah. And, like, the stuff that they did right was by not trying to honor the original. And that sounds counterintuitive, but that's not how I feel. we got to stop this. Yes. It's, it's yeah. going to <laughs> yeah. a riot yeah. happening here. Alright, so, uh, yeah, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead... They they managed to accomplish a lot by not stepping on the toes of the original. It's respectful, but it's also fun and energetic. The one that I kinda wanted to put on the list, but I couldn't honestly, and it's so it's an honorable mention, Alexander Aja did the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. And it's fucking crazy. But you're surprised. It's, yeah. it's I know you like it. I, it's I crazy. Know you like it. Yeah. It's over the top and it's super aggressive and in your face. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's not for everyone. But to me, that movie really does what it's trying to do. And that's how I measure the success of a movie. What were your goals, and did you meet them? Yeah. And I think that the remake of The Hills Have Eyes is a pretty fucking terrifying horror movie. I
3: I have to to sit here and shocked. Because we will talk of the, talk this movie again
1: and. Oh yeah, you just you're, oh you're shocked that it's mm-hmm. that, that it's oh. not on my list. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, for me, uh, like I'm uh, talking about remakes. These are two very fucking good remakes. Yeah, well, that's why I'm agreeing um, with you. I'm so, just sort of surprised. Uh, but I'm giving it to Dawn of the Dead because again, I just I I was, I was really worried. Like, because I love Romero's *Son of the Dead* so much. It's oh like, I kind of want this remake, but I kind of don't mm-hmm. want this remake. Yeah. But twenty-eight days later, it come out and sort of revitalized the fast yeah. zombie thing, and they really milked that. Yeah. And, and you know, it was a huge hit. It started the career of Zack Snyder and uh, James Gunn. Like. Mm-hmm. Big fan, big fan. Uh, it was a tough choice. It's a good
2: choice. I, I, w- I kind of wish it was on my top 30 and yeah. maybe should have been, but I'm i uh, of struggling. And... Color me surprised. Sorry I, I didn't
1: put Heels of Eyes on no, there No, 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 no it's your that's, list. That's, that's my number 11. Boom. there ends part two you guys in two weeks we will drop part three and we will list the top ten movies according to us of the 2000s send your feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com r-a-n-k-n r-e-v-i-e-w at gmail.com check out the website at rankandreview.ca and if you're having trouble with the wait in between episodes check out the terror table podcast because those guys know what they're doing This is your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons saying thank you so much for listening and sorry about the echo.